Blog Talk Radio. Use the 
heaven What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11, emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one For everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University Oh please don't be frightened I'm terribly sorry about this You are Peace, 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 peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours, welcome to Know The Life Radio, you are now rocking with the best, this is your post, your host, not your coast, for the evening, the brother Red Pill, very, very soon to be joined by my co-host, the brother Blue Pill, okay, so, just want to say salute. Peace to everybody in the building, um, and welcome, welcome back to my first time listeners. Welcome home, okay? And uh, yeah, we're gonna have an interesting show tonight, okay? Shout out to everybody that joined us on our last episode, all right? And um, you know, that's what it is. We'll let the family. File in for the night. Everybody, get, you know, call in, get in, get in your respectful positions and whatnot. Um, and before we even move further, we always try to do this every show. Uh, if uh, the family could go ahead and um, update on their social media site, whether it's Facebook or the Twitter page or whatever, you know, there's a whole bunch of different sites that you know we use out there. Just let them know that you're on Notalize Radio, you know what I'm saying, and we broadcasting, and then we have a very, very powerful show tonight, all right, featuring our special guest, the brother Aton Edwards. Hold on. The world-renowned, globally respected, internationally known, survivalist, you know what I'm saying, the brother Aton Edwards. We're going to get into it tonight. We're going to talk about some things that we really need to address, Okay. Let me go ahead and see if my uh, co-host is in the building. Go ahead and uh, check this out real quick. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's not with us just this minute. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to play some music. And then we're going to allow everybody to... File in, you know what I mean, get in their positions. Tonight, I want to especially play this song from Nairobi Sela. I want to give a shout-out to Nairobi Sela. I want to give a shout-out to Balik Zulu Shabazz. I want to give a shout-out to the new Black Panther Party, everybody that showed up in Harlem at the state office building. Um, I got I got to New York that night, so I wasn't even able to participate in the festivities but I did see it on Sarnetta's page, and it looked very powerful. Brother Umar Johnson was there, Sarah Suicetti, Brother Polite, uh, Wesley Muhammad, um, even Tommy from Martin. Tommy, 
he was there. Uh, it was just a, it was it was it was an event. You know what I'm saying? It was an event for the ages. It was an event. It will go down in history. And the sister Nairobi Selah got up there and went in and did her joint, no hook, bodied it. You know what I'm saying? So I want to play that song while we wait for our co-host to call in, pay her homage. You know what I'm saying? God hop in the building. And uh, after that, we shall uh, return. So as soon as I find this song, we'll go ahead and play it. It's somewhere in the call queue. Let me go ahead and search for it real quick before I pull it up. But definitely shout out to Nairobi. You know what I'm saying? She continues to do her thing and represent that guy hop, represent BK to the fullest, and represent for those goddess MCs that are out there doing the work. Shout out to Sa Rock as well. Shout out to Star, uh, Boogie Brown, and a few others that I haven't mentioned, but shout out to all of y'all, even if I didn't mention your name. You know what I'm saying? It's still love and light. But um, let me see something real quick. Let me see if this is my co-host. Call it from the 202-699. Would this happen to be Brother Blue Pill? Okay, that's not. All right, all right. No doubt. So let me. Still looking for this song. Let's just do this. Let's just do this. Let's go into this sister's work. Uh, poetry from the sister Jasmine Mann. You're going to get this work. We'll be right back. So the album starts off like this, ladies and gentlemen. I know niggas in pin boots that'll stomp your face through a fucking floor. Prisons that got bars that are better than yours. You know, I would say I'm sunning you bastards, but if it was left up to me, you would have been gone by the morning after. If Asada Shakur broke out of prison, why would I respect the nigga doing a bitch sentence for no snitching? You got your niggas out here dying deaths, the bloodier than Christ, yet not even worth half the sacrifice. If Malcolm killed for freedom, why would I respect you niggas out here killing for bragging rights? You females are MC, yeah, but you have to light. All you do is rap about your pussy so your walls and your rhymes are half as tight you the baddest bitch yeah all the bark but I have to bite never needed Martin to tell me that a million men weren't made to march to Maybach music there is no secondary to revolutionary so I put Calvary in my vocabulary and if I'm my father's child then fuck it my resurrection is hereditary all you niggas talk about is pussy clothes and gunplay but God so loved the world that he sent me to spit you on Easter Sunday your reign is over nigga it's his son's day don't make it rain if you can't make shit grow don't say you love your hood but can't spit a 16 about hope 
Don't say you believe in God if you're the same nigga who gained the whole world for the price of your soul. Don't say that numbers don't lie if they made you believe that you could put a price on your soul. And all you got to show for yourself is a body full of tattoos and nice clothes. Answer me this. Is a fly nigga really a fly nigga if no one's around to see him when the curtains close? Or do niggas who say they get bitches really get bitches if all he fucks is hoes? And if niggas who say they get bitches really get bitches like they say they get bitches, then chances are that nigga probably got fleas and he may be mistaking his rhymes for being sick with HIV. But these niggas are immune to the system and blood tested in the street. He'd rather beat his blues over the concrete. He's positive. Easy E. But before the results came out, he died. Call it from the three four seven two seven three. Oh. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Call it from the three four seven two seven three. Yes, can you hear me? Hello. Yes, yes, I can hear you now. Peace. Oh. Peace. Peace, peace. What's good with you? Oh, every time I hear that poem, whew, I know it was getting kind of hot in her. I had to, I had to slow it up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want it to get too, uh, you know, too spicy yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, in the, yeah. in the spirit of you know the Million Youth March that took place in uh, Harlem this weekend, you know what I mean? I had to yeah. just pull. That's what I came to, to my pull. mind first. Funny you say that. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't pull any punches. I had to give it to them raw. You know what I'm saying? From the clips that Indeed. I saw, you know, brother said he was up there delivering that fire. I heard, yeah, I heard he was fire. Yeah, I heard he was fire breathing. Right, he was breathing. I heard he was flame fire. throwing and fire breathing up there. You know, know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. Shout out to all participants of the Million Youth March anniversary. In particular, the people that came out. You know what I'm saying? Of, of course, always and first and foremost, the powerful panelists to show up to do. You know what they've dedicated their lives to do. For the people yeah. having dedicated their lives to responding, so for those that, you know, have broken the mold and, and showed up in the spirit of support, you know what I mean, to them, we have to definitely salute. Because they could have been doing anything else on a Saturday afternoon. Anything else, you know, anything. But, uh, all is back, anything. Anything, yeah. <laughs> but they made it happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Shout, Shout out, out to you and yours. Out. Yes, peace to you and yours, you know what I'm saying, this is the Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best, the things that I go through to get a signal to broadcast, you know what I'm saying, KTL family, you know, we, we most definitely love you, I, I know that I can speak for both of us, 
because we both sacrifice, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that this happens. Sometimes oh, it's yeah. the first time in the day that I'm able to actually slow down and, and like, get in a, a centralized location, you know, to make a phone call, you know what I'm saying, to, to actually tune in. You know, I get a lot of flack about the calls that I don't receive. I mean, I don't receive and I don't return, but try my best or attempt, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to handle all of them situations. I'm not going to go into the whole melodramatic spiel about, you know, how wavy my life is. But, um, yeah, I just had to jump through a few rings just to get here, to get a signal. I'm, I'm outside of Whole Foods right now. Phone plugged up, trying to get some internet, and uh, we, we're here. We're in the building. Building. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm here in the town, <clears throat> freshly touched down in the NYC. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm recalibrating. Hey, how, how's the town treating you? The town is treating me real good. Because I normally, you know, what I walk away with with the town is normally decided in my first two or three days there. You know, actually well, when I land and how I feel or when I when I drive into that city and, and everything changes from that point on, you know, and you know what you're dealing with, you yeah. know, that pretty much develops my whole psychology about with this particular trip, you know, or, you know, what this rotation is going to be about. So how about you? Well, you speak on it. Yeah, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's been family-orientated the first few days, you know. But the minute I got off the plane, I headed right to 125th. And the minute that I got on 125th, I saw the family, you know, uh, leaving from the Million Youth March. So I was greeted by that energy. Feel me? I was just, yeah, I was, I was able to be engulfed by that energy, you know, directly off of the plane. So that was like my initial, uh, uh, you know, that that was it right yeah. there. <laughs> that's that's a strong, that's a strong um, welcoming committee. That was my welcoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and there, I know, you know, people hear a lot of a lot of times, and everybody has their own testimonial way of saying it and we all come to this realization at one point or another but it's no place like home you know what I'm saying it's no place like home you know the family that's in New York and I was a victim of it too because I was so engulfed in that New York thing and everybody would come and tell me that I'd be like yeah you need to travel a little bit more homeboy and they'd be like nah you know even though you know people might scratch their head and complain that Yo, you know, they hating on me back home. No, home is where the heart is. You know what I'm saying? Home is where the heart is. And and it's really no place else like New York or there are no other people on the planet like New Yorkers, period. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to say that they're not genuine stand-up people everywhere else, and there are. But when the family continuously tells you about the advantage that New York has in terms of people of like minds being in close proximity, whether 
it's a stronghold now and more of those people exist than they did before or not. Just the fact that you can come outside and plug into that energy, just the fact that you could jump off the, the plane or the train and go to 125th and know that you're going to run into something or someone to just reaffirm, you know what I'm saying, that, that whole aspect of things. Trust yep. me, when I tell you, ain't so many places like that on the planet, you know what I'm saying, and, and as people that are recipients of it and involved and engulfed in it, we often take advantage of it, you know what I'm saying, or we don't see it for what it is. But mm-hmm. it, it it intricately is your, it makes up in a very weird way your work because your perspective and your analysis, your unique analysis that you bring with you everywhere that you go and and. For those of us, you know, that grew up in the street, our eye for detail, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, or ability to put ourselves in any terrain, you know, and just transform into a hustler. Yeah. yeah. That's a gift. That's a gift, you know yeah, what I'm saying, that, that many people, they don't realize that they got something so special going for them. Now, it's not only unique to New Yorkers, because I see, <laughs> I see the Africans doing it, you know what I'm saying, I see our brothers our Arabian brothers, you know, something in them kicks in the same way. You feel me? Because yeah. there ain't mm-hmm. one place that I've been in my lifetime on this planet where they ain't doing the same thing. You know, Indians are running hotels and 7-Elevens. Africans are running cabs. You know, it's, it's they might be Nigerian in New York, but they're Ethiopian out here in the Bay. In the Bay. I mean, you know. I guess that's the way things are set up. Some Cubans is the way beating on drums, you know what I'm saying, and, and cutting candles. Same shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know? So, but yeah, yeah. Well, Shout I'm out. You know, there's a New York experience, you know. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to be back. It's been a minute, you know what I'm saying? I've been out of New York since May. Um, A lot of catching up to do. You know what I'm saying? A lot of uh, work to do. You know, uh, I was on 250 today, chilling with some of the peoples out there. Shout out to Supec. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, Young God, I forgot his name. Young God out there from Texas. He uh, said that he moved to New York to be a part of the community. And uh, he jumped right in. So he's that's out there what I'm busy. saying. I don't, I don't, you know, and again, I'm sure that you've told them. I'm sure the other people, I know Polite always tells Sarnetta when he comes off the road, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know if that dude knows the global impact that his station and, and them videos be making. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, literally I nowhere I can go where people are not recognizing, you know what I'm saying? Us from them from from them tapes, either the House of Consciousness DVDs or the YouTube. His shit is literally global, B. You know what I'm saying? Sarnetta is an asset. He's 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 the real like he's the BT. You know what I'm saying? Or the VH1 or the Consciousness. Like you know, I hear about Professor Larry getting washed up and other things that be going on. <laughs> Through through third parties, like people in Texas was telling me about what's going on in Harlem, 
through Cynetics Channel. You know what I'm saying? And oh, that's yeah. really, yeah. that's really, you know, think about it. Outside, if you're not on Facebook and whatnot, following certain people's um, feed, you don't know what's going on in Harlem. It's through it's through the Black News One on One. It's through Cynetics Channel. Yeah, he's the eyes to the street. I'm saying he's the eyes to the street. So you know, I'm gonna be uh building with him a little more. You know, a little stronger. I'm I'm really, really considering. You know, what I'm saying rebooting that No The Less TV. You know, I'm I'm oh, very yeah, uh, very much. I know I'm very much inspired to reboot the whole uh, machine. I'm out here. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm with AA right now. You know what I'm saying? We Ooh. out here plotting, plotting and planning, you know what I mean, putting something together for the future, you know what plotting, I mean? Planning. Yeah, shout out to Turtle Gang. So, um, Fat you know. Fat Antric. Fat So, yeah, that's what it is. Word, we might even shoot a video. We might have to shoot that Fat pantry. <laughs> you know And I want to give a special shout out To the wonderful uh-huh. Beautiful Light beings My Facebook family Who have Been making This experience Of having a new child A star seed You know Extremely wonderful You know what I'm saying The outpouring of love That I've been receiving On Facebook me and the queen, you know what I'm saying, is I'm right. speechless. I'm humbled. You know, I'm very much, I'm very much humbled. I have. Well, I'm like, yeah. Baby Jesus no might be, might be like, <laughs> <laughs> like hold oh. on, like, Wisdom Bella got more yeah. hits than me. Yeah, they're making this whole experience with a newborn something that you know. Is just you know just the overall experience of being a new father, and you know uh, that whole daddy phase that you know that blissful daddy phase that you go through, you know just the love and the outpouring. Like I could actually feel that energy. You know what I'm saying? I could feel that love and that light, and the baby could feel it as well. She is doing beautiful, pleasant. You know she's keeping her mommy up like she's supposed to. Cause you know they they you know they just they eat sleep, poo poo, and eat sleep poo poo, and you know but they do. Yeah, she's growing. She she's just getting even more beautiful by the day, and it's a beautiful thing. Wow, man. beautiful thing. Yeah, man. I'm totally. I'm I'm, I'm right. blissful. My mom ready to take the trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have to. Or I won't go see you. ASAP. Yeah. So I got to oh, bring the Frankenstein to Murph. Yeah. <laughs> Follow the North Star. No doubt. Yo, shout out to you for that article that you wrote on Facebook. That was a that was a nice uh put you put some words together right there. I had to I had it was it was a lot of things that was dropping in my lap, you know what I'm saying? And I've been I've been Pushing it off in so many words, saying, yeah, I'm going to get around to it, and I'm going to do it on this blog and that blog. But then I had uh-huh. made a comment on something, and somebody challenged me. They was like, brother, like, we keep hearing you making these references, but we don't know what you're talking about. And I ain't going to get Hollywood and be like, buy the DVD, because 
this is updated current information, and it was just like I said, so many pieces that were laying in front of me, and I was like, you know, I owe it to myself, and as well as people that might be following the thread to just weave it together. And often is the time, you know, when 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 I sit on certain things, then there are different outcomes. One, I speak on it and expose it, and pretty much, you know, what I'm saying, start seeding people's consciousness with that information, then, you know, we were able to see a turning of the tide of sorts once we were able to flesh out what the level of importance of paying attention to this particular matter is, you know, and really putting it in our hearts to say, look, we don't want to see this thing take place because it's very capable of taking place, but the consequences of it are anything short of catastrophic, you know? And, you know, all of these beautiful lives on this planet, these babies, you know what I'm saying, some of you old farts, you know what I'm saying, like nobody want to see things go that way. So I'm, I'm interested that, I'm interested in, in seeing that there were a turn of events, you know what I'm saying. I don't know how this script is going to play out. You know, there's a lot at stake. And I don't, you know, I don't know who the puppet masters are at this point. <laughs> the way you going to Upside your boy head from every side. <laughs> Indeed. I can't really well, say, you know what I'm saying, but, you know, what I can say is that, um, you know, the family needs to check that article out because yeah, tell that's them, on a let lot them know of where things. they can go on Facebook to uh, read yeah, the article. Yeah, that's, 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 that's on our on, on, um, page. I don't know the last page yet because I couldn't load multiple photos. You feel me? And you know how I am about my pictures. You know what I'm saying? I put a lot into the pictures, so I want them to be seen because they tell the story. Yeah. So I didn't load them on the uh, on the Facebook page for for another ledge, but I will. I put them up there. You know what I'm saying? A little later. Uh, when time permits, I, I'll get them up. On it. But for the meantime, you could go to Paul Moreland on Facebook, my my, my God-given name. You understand? Yeah, and check that out. And it's right there uh, under. It's a bunch of pictures. It's, it's, it's my current, it's my my status, or what have you, or something like that. So, yeah, please do check that out. Share it. You know what I'm saying? So we can open some eyes. And expose, you know what I'm saying, what's going on, the BS. But tonight's program is to shed some light on a disaster that dwarfs the one that currently has the world's attention. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are focused on the possibility of, you know, warfare and a few bombs being launched or what have you. But what no one is really focused on because I guess the right people haven't rung the alarm is that every single day, you know, the amount of radiation is leaking into the ocean is tantamount to a hundred nuclear bombs. So a hundred Hiroshima bombs is what this planet is being exposed to and what it's undergoing by way of the catastrophic radiation leak coming out of Fukushima. Okay, and I take I take you know I take interest to it of course because I'm here on the West Coast. This is 
you know, the immediate place that all of that drift is coming to, and these people are asleep. And they count themselves amongst, they think that they're the most conscious people on the planet because they know it's spirulina and aragula is, but, you know, everybody ain't taking spirulina for their radiation. You know, everything is trendy, you know what I'm saying? Everything is a trending topic, okay? So kombucha <laughs> is what they're into because that's trendy. You feel me? Chai is what they're into because it's trendy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody eats Thai food because that's what the trendy, smart, healthy people do. So, you know, but it's a fabrication. You feel me? Because they're being slowly killed, you know? They're absorbing radiation isotopes because your body can't tell the difference between um, iodine and radiation. If you don't have, if you're not sufficiently, your body is sufficiently stocked with iodine, and your body needs 15 milligrams of iodine daily now because of what's taking place here, you know, and nobody has a clue. So we're effectively looking at a situation that they said in about five to ten years can eliminate everyone on the planet. And I know that sounds kind of crazy and gloomy to people, and that's not what I'm here to do, you know what I'm saying? But if I got to beat the drum extra loud for people to wake up to what's taking place so they can inform somebody else, then that needs to be done, you know what I'm saying? But these these are realistic figures. Like, they're not, it's not a stretch of the imagination, you know. Well, let's do this. Let's yes. open up the line for our guest tonight and allow him to make the case. Right, right. Bring forth the expert, you know what I'm saying? Bring forth the expert. Exactly. And what is the first three numbers? It quite possibly is a... um. Nine seven three. Okay. Or two one two. Either one. Would it be a two o two? That's DC. Um, I don't think it'd be a two o two. No. All right. Let me ask the brother in the chat. What's the first three? Because we have a few hands up in the call queue. All right. Okay, family, without any further ado, we want to open up the lines for our guest tonight. Yes. Brother has been on the program before, and we are honored to have him back on the program. Yes, we are. He's the world-renowned, internationally known, globally respected. Respected. Yes. Yes. Brother Aton Edwards, caller from the 917-848. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. Am I here? Hey, brothers, how you doing? Yes, peace. All is well. How are peace. you? Peace. All is well, brother. Uh, you know, I'm listening in, and uh, you, know, you did a good job articulating it to uh, your listeners. And, um, you know, it's it's a grave situation that I think they should be aware of. Um. You know, it's rough because, you know, uh, I think the hardest thing about this for me is the knowledge that, you know, I don't I mean to go right in, but, uh, you know, uh, I guess I should because you set it up well. 
um, you know, the hardest thing for me in in dealing with this and having to speak about it is that, uh, you know, we've reached a tipping point where we're not going to be able to turn back, you know. Uh, you, you, ever, you ever have a, like, you know, it's like a nightmare that you can't wake up from, you know what I mean? Right. That's what it feels like because you know, no matter what we do. Huh? Yeah, irreversible. Yeah, there's a certain amount of damage that's irreversible uh, that, you know, nobody's going to be able to fix. And it hurts me to know that because, you know, I, I, I mean, I love nature. And, um, you know, and to think that uh, so much of this could have been prevented by being responsible for TEPCO, the, uh, the entity that controls nuclear power systems in Japan, and um, they waited and they waited and they waited to do what they were supposed to do from the beginning. And then they waited until the situation was out of control. And um, and they waited even to raise the incident level from one to three. And there's a, you know, there's an international scale that you measure nuclear incidents on. And they waited to to raise it because they wanted to protect themselves. But in the process, you know, right. it's, it's, it's the Japanese, they want to save face. Um, you know, the culture, they want to save face in their culture. But the fact is, is that what they've done is, in effect, to save face, they've destroyed a significant amount of oceanic life. And they've contaminated large areas of the Pacific Ocean to save face, because that's really what it's all about. So, you know, so the TEPCO, which is, you know, Tokyo Electric Power Company, so they finally admit that, okay, we're, we're at a level three, which they're really even beyond that, because they're still lying. Right. And then I have to look at it like, you know, this is going to get worse. It's going to get much worse. And it could get even extremely worse because if there was another earthquake or another situation. Yes, yes. It, it, and that's that, in the area. Um, yeah. Right, that radiated water that's in the tankers that's already leaking at a substantial amount already can be compromised with another tragedy and totally, you know, be exposed to um, to the Pacific. Now, were you able to verify those pictures that came out last weekend of the of the ocean bubbling and boiling? Well, that you know, it's not you know what it is. It's, it's churning. That the you know. But the isotopes don't make it boil. It's, it, it is boiling, yeah. It, and it, it's like a lot of it's from the vapor, and that's because one of the reactor cores that melted through the actual right, building right. at the bottom of the building. They don't really know where it is. So what they suspect is that um, that it's probably close to the uh, the edge of the ocean, and it's, and it's generating enormous quantities of heat. Um, and also, one of the most ominous situations is that um, what we have is uh, that the radiation that's being produced or the radiation that's being emitted uh, in certain areas of the plant is so high at 1.8 sieverts or um, 1,800 uh, millisieverts, which is, you know, when you're talking about talking about 1.8 sieverts, it's the lethal dose when um, exposed to it for, you know, a few hours or an hour or so, you're going to start getting sick. You'll be dead in about two hours with 1.8 sieverts of uh of uh, radiation exposure. So when you start talking about that kind of level of radiation, then you know that there's nuclear fission taking place fairly nearby. 
So what this says is that, you know, that this is a a um, uncontrollable situation. If you have nuclear fission that's taking place, it's uncontrollable. Yeah, and can, um, can you maybe can you explain that to the family that just might not know? You know, can you bring them back to chemistry and explain to them what exactly is nuclear fission? Right. Um, well, in a, in, a nuts, in a nutshell, family, here here's all it is. You know what atoms are. So, you know, at the center of right. every atom, there's a nucleus. You have protons and you have neutrons. Now, that uranium is an extremely heavy element. It's very, very heavy. And it has a lot of protons and neutrons packed into the core. And what they do, is in order to produce a nuclear reaction, you have to take that uranium and you've got to, like, when you find uranium in uh, in the ground, you have to kind of purify it of a lot of its, a lot of different metals that might be in it, and you purify it in this process called gaseous diffusion. And by doing so, you convert the uranium into like a gas, and then you strip the uranium of all of the extraneous stuff that gets attached to it, and then you make it pure. So when you make it pure, when you make uranium really pure, the nucleus of the actual atom. Um, gets very, very unstable because there's so many neutrons uh, packed into that nucleus that they start flying out of the, the nucleus. They fly out. And when when uh, neutrons fly out of the nucleus of a uranium atom, they strike other neut- uh, neutrons in the nucleuses of atoms that are nearby. And this is called the chain reactive process. So the more neutrons flying out of the atom's uh, core that they fly into other atoms, they, they knock out more neutrons in other atoms. And this process continues, and the more um, unstable the nucleus of the, uh, let's say, pure uranium is, the more neutrons fly out of it. And so what happens is, is that when you get a certain amount of what they call highly enriched uranium, when you get a certain amount of really pure uranium together, then it can produce what's called a chain reaction or a fission reaction where so many neutrons are flying out of the nucleuses of uh, all these different atoms that it sets off this chain reactive process. You know what I can liken it to? If you were to take all of the clothes in a city and stuff them into a little tiny suitcase, if you could create that kind of pressure to push all the clothes in the city into a little tiny suitcase, can you imagine what would happen when you open that suitcase and you release all that energy? So basically, that's what nuclear fission is. It's a release of an enormous amount of energy, and and it produces heat. And heat is the byproduct of that release of energy, but also is radiation. A byproduct of an unstable atom is radiation, ionizing radiation. So, And certain types of ionizing radiation is dangerous, gamma rays, which is the most dangerous. You have other uh, forms of radiation, beta and alpha rays, but it's not as dangerous as gamma and X-rays but it also produces byproducts in the form of isotopes, which are isotopes is basically the amount of neutrons that you have in an atom. So you have byproducts of fission. It's like the exhaust from your car. Like when you burn fossil fuels, you get carbon monoxide. When you produce nuclear fission, you get byproducts of fission, which are radioactive isotopes, cesium-137. That's basically the isotope. That's the amount of neutrons in the atom. You have... um, Strontium-90, again, all these different isotopes. And each isotope attacks different parts of the body, like cesium uh, attacks the soft tissues. Strontium goes straight to the bones. And so what this reactor is, what this is is doing is releasing 
all of these isotopes um, into the water that contaminate the ground around it, that contaminate the aquifers, that embed itself inside of the fish, that embed itself inside of the uh, plankton, the pycoplankton, and every other system within the uh, ocean. And, and it contaminates it. And the level of contamination is proportional to the distance from the reactor and the amount of water that's being spilled into the ocean. So what are we talking about here? I mean, really, they say there's 400 tons of it every day. There's more than that. It's more like 600 tons of it. 600 tons of radioactive water is spilling out into the ocean. The fish that, you know, despite what people think, the fish don't just stay isolated in that area. The fish will swim across the Pacific Ocean and back. So at the end of the day, this radioactive water is filling out to the ocean in unprecedented uh, um, I'm, quantities. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm here to tell you as an eyewitness, I've been on both sides of the bay, okay? I've been in San Francisco. I've been all up through the bay in Oakland, down to L.A. Everything that's coastal on the West Coast, I ain't seen these people eat so much more fish. I'm sure they probably eat as much fish, you know, along the Mississippi and the Gulf area, but they are some fish-consuming people on this side. You feel me? And they ain't thinking twice to ask that kitchen where that fish is coming from, you know? They're just consuming. They're just readily, readily, readily consuming, you know, any sort of sea life that's coming out of that ocean. Right. And mm-hmm. they, they're in the ocean, they're in the water. The beaches are crowded out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. believe it. And, you know, it's because when people, you know, what, what a lot of people in Japan are saying, well, this isn't as bad as Chernobyl because they've received the tenth of the dose. Well, let me tell you a little story for your, for your listeners. Years ago, many, many years ago, when I was part of the anti-nuke movement when I was a student, I got to meet one of the pioneers in the medicine or the nuclear medicine and um, and also uh, nuclear uh, medical stuff for medical applications for nuclear science. A guy named John Goffman. And Dr. Goffman worked in the Manhattan Project. That's the actual project that made the atom bomb. Right. And uh, he became a an extreme uh, activist relative to, uh, you know, no nukes. He felt that it, you know, that he didn't feel that um, that there was really any safe dose of radiation, just more tolerable doses. So there's really nothing safe about it. And there's a scientific thing called, it's called radiation hormesis. And you should basically, um, your listeners should look up what radiation hormesis is in Dr. John Dobson. And simply stated, radiation hormesis is basically a phenomenon when you, you know, radiation doses is cumulative. So, um you know, the longer you sit in front of a source that produces radiation, the more damage it's going to do because it's a cumulative dose. Like if you're sitting right. in front of uh, of a machine that a microwave, emits, yeah, like a microwave. Well, microwave is a different type of radiation. That's a different that's a different uh, right. type. Well, but I'm talking about uh, the ionizing. Machine. Right. Yeah, X-ray machine. X-ray, exactly. So, like an X-ray machine, and if you sit, um, which you know. Uh, uh, you get an X-ray for a chest X-ray. You get about it's about twenty microsieverts. Um, so, but if you if you sit in front for every chest X-ray that you get, if the first one's twenty microsieverts, then if you get two of them, it's forty microsieverts. 
you know. And if you get three of them, it's 60 microsieverts. So you keep increasing the dosage with each x-ray that you get. And, um, you know, what you have to do is is that for each x-ray that you get, you have to give your body a little time to heal from it. Uh, because what radiation does, what nuclear radiation does, is that it interferes with uh, cellular replication. You know, that everybody, if you remember your uh, basic biology, um, you know, uh, there's a stage. You know, when your cells uh, divide, there's a process called mitosis, and that's right. how you can heal. You know, there's five stages. It's an interphase, prophase, metaphase, anaphase, and telophase. Now, what happens is when you expose your living cells to radiation, that process is interfered with and your cells can't heal. And what it does is that it basically kills your tissue. That's what radiation does. So the more you're exposed to it, the more your tissue it produces, it also produces mutations in the cell. So if you're exposed to a low-level source of radiation over a long period, this is what radiation hormesis is, it can produce cancers. So anything that they tell you, so there's really no safe dose of radiation. So they're eating all of this fish and they're eating all this seafood. That's okay. Um, but when you start upping the dose of radiation that the fish actually have, you're talking about over a period of time and you're eating a particular type of fish, like, for instance, bluefin tuna. There's not one right. tuna that you get out there that isn't contaminated with radiation from Fukushima at this point. Yeah, they tested so, it, right. Yeah, because they tested it. They, you can't even find bluefin tuna without uh, it being, you know, having higher levels of radiation than normal. So they swim back and forth at a very rapid pace? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, what are we talking about? The, the levels of contamination are going to increase, again, uh, proportionally, it's more like it's not inversely proportional, but it's arithmetically proportionally. So, you know, um, with more water, the water isn't going to stop leaking. We're going to see the fish become more contaminated in 2014 and 2015. It's not going to stop. And the more people eat the fish, the more they're going to be dosed up with the radioactive byproducts. So not to mention the fact that it can get much, much worse than it is now. We could have uh, a larger leak. We could have, you know, it's, it's a lot of the water tanks. There's a thousand water tanks over there. A lot of those water tanks are corroded from the seawater. Salt water can go into our water tanks. Yeah, there's a thousand water tanks over there, and With um, radiated and, water in it. Yeah. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, there's a thousand tanks. So, you know, of those tanks, they can become uh, they can become weakened uh, by the corrosion. Corroded, right. You know, from the seawater, and so you, these are supposedly the temporary tanks. They're all they're leaking into the groundwater. There's a groundwater flow. You can't stop groundwater flow. You can pump water out, but you can't keep doing this. You know, over and over. So, what we're talking about is, you know, the water that's in the turbine building and all of the different areas. There's water that's around the steel wall that they're trying to build, but they're never going to be able to do it. Why is that? Because you know, um, the people that actually have to go into the plant are getting dosed up with such high levels of radiation that a lot of them are going to die. So essentially, right. to the listeners, this is an ongoing catastrophe that could become so bad that there's a thing called a nuclear shine or gamma shine event. You should look up a, um, a nuclear engineer's name is Arne Gundensen, A-R-N-E-G-U-N-D-E-N-S-S-E-N who is a nuclear engineer that works with the United Nations 
um, entity that actually deals with nuclear issues. And um, and what he's basically saying is is that all it takes is a um, a another accident, and it can produce a catastrophe that, in the long range, it'll go from like like right now, as Fukushima stands now, it's going to kill in the future. One million people are going to die from cancers directly related to Fukushima. That's right now. But it could it could grow to such a crisis level that um, it could grow to a crisis level where hundreds of millions of people would die from cancers related from Fukushima. And it could even get to the point where a billion or two billion people in the future would develop cancers that they die from because of Fukushima. Um, so what are, what are we talking about? We're talking about a whole new world that we're going to live in um, that right. we can't turn back from. So, you know, as, as I was, I think that I might have passed this information on to you, and I, I was even telling a, a, a couple of my business partners that what I, I'm doing now where, you know, you guys know me for preparedness, and I've been talking preparedness all these years. But the truth is, at this point, even, you know, my not-for-profit entity, the IPN, but to be honest with you, preparedness is now passe. We're way past the point of preparedness. Preparedness is, like I, I think I might have mentioned, it was the Band-Aid on the amputated limb situation. Oh. Um, you know, you know, there really isn't very much that anybody can do. I think you got to keep this in mind, too. In New York City... We, we're right next to a, a nuclear power uh, facility that Indian um, Point, right? Indian Point, that is the same type of power plant that is in Fukushima. You know, so hmm. um, you know we could have a nuclear, we could have a, a Fukushima on the Hudson. You know, and um, you know that there's uh, we have 104. Uh, plants in this, in this country. We have 65 that are active. And um, it's, it's we have terrible situations here in the United States that our community isn't aware of. I mean, if there's anything that I would like you to do, it's, um, it's to tell your listeners, I'd like you to go to um, echowatch.com and I'd like you to look up an article about the Paducah plant in Kentucky which is a, this is the biggest disaster in the United States is about to unfold in Paducah, Kentucky. And basically what it is, it's a plant that used to purify uranium and, right. um, in, in Paducah, Kentucky. And, uh, and basically this nuclear power facility or this nuclear uh, purification facility, it uh, had purified hundreds and tons of uh, you know, highly enriched uranium. And, and it's completely contaminated with arsenic and beryllium and, and tantalium and all these different plutonium. And um, this plant has been shut down. And But the problem is, is the plant has been shut down and, and it might have, um, this highly enriched uranium might have crystallized uh, portions of it within this huge network of pipes that there's really no way to know that this crystallized, highly enriched uranium won't go super critical and become a huge super reactor that would literally wipe out millions of people across the United States. This is the reality that we're living in, folks. 
This is the system that we're living in. So I want you to go and, you, and to, 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 to feel this and adjust it. So our children basically are walking into a wall of disasters that we have created for them now. One of yeah, them it's, is it's, going to strike. You know, it's going to be a pretty to, tough terrain for them to, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, navigate in, in the very future with all of the things that are being left to them that are just so crazy. Right. So, wow. I mean, so what, what, what we're talking about here is, you know, so we have Fukushima out there, and then we have the Paducah uh, position um, here. And once they shut the power down off of this system, and uh, and you have this uranium hexafluoride gas floating around thousands of miles of pipes, and it's just going to shut down. It's going to crystallize, and um, it's going to be this huge nuclear mess that nobody knows even how to deal with. We don't even know. Like again, it might go critical. It might go super critical in that right. network of piping. Otherwise, they're going to have to take it out, and there's really no way to do it. So, so once once the uranium crystallizes in the pipe, it has the ability to replicate the same process that you're talking about in terms of the fission. Yeah, it could it could actually have it could be a fission reaction from it. Okay. But there's thousands of miles of pipe where it could crystallize, so it'd be the biggest nuclear reactor on the planet, except there'd be no shielding. See, so I mean, this is what we're looking at. It almost reminds me of this movie. Uh, uh, what is it called? Elysium, where we wreck the earth. So I mean, from yeah. our perspective, yeah, it's like Elysium because you know I we, saw Elysium. Yeah, you saw it, That's, right? That I so, mean, <laughs> and clearly when I'm looking at there, you know, they got this 44 billion dollar budget for space exploration. You know, they clearly don't care about the Earth. You know what I'm saying? So these folks are definitely intent on some sort of space travel and setting up their shop somewhere else. And I think that, you know, categorically, they put the fork in this thing. They've given up on it, you know what I'm saying? And it shows yeah. by the way that they treat it. Right. They don't care about it. They don't care about it. Um, you know, I mean, from the, my, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because I'm just trying to make sense out of the proposals that they make about Iran and, and other places that are enriching uranium right, if their proposals are to bomb these places, how do you justify that in the realm of warfare that you're going to drop uh, you're going to drop a bomb on somewhere that has uranium in it? Like, what process does that create? Well, I mean, even in Syria, um, one of the reasons why the United States is so anxious to actually go into Syria has absolutely nothing to do with the weapons of mass destruction. It's it's one of the reasons it's partial it partially what's to go into Syria is to to take the opportunity to um to go in on some of the um nuclear sites that they actually have in Syria. Um several years ago Israel actually launched a strike against Syria that was a covert strike that you know uh Yes. They didn't talk about too much in in the press, but um, it was a nuclear. Uh, yeah, they bombed uh, them. A, right, they bombed yeah, the site. They they bombed them because it was a, a purification facility, similar to what Iran has in terms of their gas um, centrifuges, where you have these centrifuges that actually purify the uranium. 
So the, um, the Syrians were trying to develop their own nuclear program, and the Israelis took it out. Um, so what the United States would, you know, could do conceivably if they were going into some of the hardened sites where the, um, where the uh, weapons, uh, or weapons of mass casualty are stored, the nerve gas and everything else, that they could conceivably also produce damage to some of the nuclear sites and then produce a nuclear problem. Same thing in Iran. If you go nuke to nuke, then you produce a, a nuclear problem with the fallout. So, uh, you know, the genie's out of the bottle, and the question is, is how do we get around it? Because, you know, really right now what the government is doing is fortifying itself. One of these things is going to happen. We're going to have an incident. There's really no way around it at this point. It would take a miracle of biblical proportions to get us out of the situation that we're in. And I would liken it to, like, it would have to be, like, when I say a miracle, it's like only several or few that you could say that would do it. You could say that if Jesus comes back and, um, you know, it could be, you know, Jesus, you know, with the robe and the slippers, Jesus comes back and and then handles some business. And he right. walks to each and every power plant and shuts it down and turns it into uh, an organic farm. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, or the aliens. Yeah. Or the aliens. Exactly. Yeah. Don't rule them out. <laughs> yeah, you know. And we know we have to be, well, you know, we're supposed to be star-seeded. So, uh, you know, with the Dogon say from Potolo and Emeya, we come. So if that's the yeah. case. We are the nomo, where we need the nomo to come back and then maybe put this foolishness to an end. But if they don't, then we're going to have to deal with this. And um, and this is the reality. So the sad part is we have to start developing, like, long-term survival strategies that are going to shield us from some of the effects of these, right. Uh, right. you know, situations, you know. And... Um, you know, it's going to be rough, fellas, because it's complicated. And um, and a lot of us, you know, we have to we have to get a little bit more dedicated about our support. Well, not even a little bit more. I think I'm kind of soft-pedaling that. A lot more. Yeah. Right. We, we as a people have to make a decision right now, not tomorrow. Um, I mean, even as I'm talking to the both people. We have to make the decision as to whether we want our children to survive and have to eke out some sort of an existence or not. I'd go as far as to say, if if you're not willing to do what, you, what you're supposed to do, it's like what Marcus said, if, you know, if you're not willing to do what every other race will do, then you might as well tank yourself out now because you don't have any purpose because you have no future. Because talking about what happened to us, we all know what happened to us. Because we're all victims of it, you know. They even have this new movie coming out, 12 Years a Slave. I've been talking about it a lot. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. You know, so we've, we've had what happened to us illustrated. Most of us know, and, you know, you know, enlightened brothers like yourself, you know. But right. with that said, what are we going to do now? We can't talk about it anymore because there's no more time. It's that are we going to develop the survival strategies to keep us away from this stuff, or are we going to be consumed by this future that is absolute? Because it's not just us; it's, it's also everybody. There is no the, the issue of race is moot at this point because, like what the Western Europeans have done, 
is to create a, a extremely fragile system because it was based on profit, consumerism, domination of nature. Everything that they say, you know, they built this machine without the wisdom uh, that, you know, the ancients, the wisdom of the ancients. You know, the Native American people, you know, they say that before you make a decision about something, you should project on what right. it's going to do for seven generations, right? Generations, right. You know, and um, so, like, Western European technology has been developed over the past, like, let's say 200 years, 300 years. And in the last hundred years is where everything started to just explode, you know, with Enrico right. Fermi and all this stuff and nuclear fission, all of this stuff that happened over the last hundred years. Madame Curie and, you know, her husband and all of this stuff and all this science. But we didn't have the sense to deal with it, you know. And even Eisenhower said it. We progressed way beyond our abilities to handle all of this stuff. Emotionally, we're not equipped to deal with it. So look at what we've done. So we've polluted the planet to the point where she's not going to heal. We're like a cancer on the planet now. And uh, so what are we as black people going to do to protect a community that's already compromised? You know? So, I mean, my discussion now is no longer preparedness because I would be blowing you over and off to talk about, to get up here and then talk about go bags and then talk about what you got to do with, you know, the go bags and, and blah, blah, blah. It's like that's nice. That's sweet. It's cute. It's over. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't have a go bag. I'm not saying that you don't need these things. But this is way beyond go bags, flashlights, and materials. This is life defense. This is not about preparedness anymore. Right. You know, this is about the defense of... It's sustaining the species. Yeah, and then one of you had a, a baby, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. my Which brother just had... Which one is the new father? Child, my brother. Okay, well, first Perfect. of all, congratulations. It's it's a wonderful thing. I congratulate you. I mean, it's a wonderful, you know, uh, uh, blessing. And I know you're going to do whatever you have to do to your child. Um... But we have to decide what we're going to do now. And there's no time to linger with who want to pontificate about, you know, various philosophies. So the only philosophy there is right now for us is survival, whether we are or whether we aren't, you know. It doesn't matter what religion, uh, it doesn't matter what creed, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters anymore. What matters is, like what you clear. um that fish on the coast, you know, uh, if I'm going to eat fish, what fish do I need to not eat and what fish do I need to eat or can I eat? And and um, is there anything available where I can actually measure the, you know, if I, if I purchase... Radiation, right. Yeah, measure the radiation levels in the fish. You know, like if you know what the background levels or what the normal radiation levels are in the fish, because, you know, muscle tissue, they have potassium-40 in, in just your muscles alone. I mean, so the thing is, is that what are normal radiation levels and what are abnormal? You look at what the baseline figures are, and then you look at what the, like the fish, find out, like when you purchase fish, is this specific ocean fish? Is this deep water fish? You've got to know the particulars. What about milk? People that drink a lot of milk. The more milk you drink, the more strontium you're going to get into your bones. 
Why is that? Because when the water that's uh, uh, bleaking into the ocean in Japan, when a lot of it vaporizes on the surface of the ocean, then what happens is is that as it becomes a vapor and it moves up into the upper atmosphere and it's converted into clouds and the clouds produce rain. The rain that makes it over here is converted into like a you know grass and then the grass uh, cows eat it and the cows eat it and the uh, strontium is in the grass that the cows eat. So the grazing animals, uh, the strontium winds up in the bellies of the cows. The cows produce milk and then we wind up drinking the milk and then we wind up drinking the strontium. We've all got a little bit of Fukushima in us. And for people like me who are older than you guys, um, not only do I have the strontium from Fukushima, but I also have strontium-90 in my bones from the uh, atomic tests of the 1950s and early 60s that they used to make atmospheric tests. There were over 280 bombs detonated in the atmosphere. I was going to ask you about that next. Yeah, you know, we often see them dropping uh, bombs in the South, South Pacific and, you know, in, in Nevada and what have you, you know, what happened with all of that radiation? Well, um, it, it, it did its work. I mean, a lot of cancers. I mean, um, that's what I was about to say. Cancer is skyrocketed, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've never seen cancer like this before. Never. And, um, a lot of people point to a lot of different things, but nobody speaks about those experiments that were done relatively short, you know, a short time a lifetime ago, like, that's not even my father's lifespan. He was alive during that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was alive during a couple of them. You was alive. Exactly. And the ones that happened so, in the late six or the early 60s, I was alive. I mean, the day that I was born, or, or in the month that I was born, there was a test of the largest nuclear bomb ever detonated in a place called the Novaya Zemla Test Plateau. In up, up actually near the Bering Straits with Russia, detonated a 61 megaton nuclear bomb um, atmospherically. And um, it, it shorted out lights in Hawaii. The EMP or the EMP, the electromagnetic pulse from it, was so strong that it actually sent out waves of energy that shorted out lights in Hawaii and all over the place, even though they tried to shield. Uh, you know, it was it was a tremendously powerful explosion. But all of this radiation that this produced was released into the atmosphere, and um, we've all got a lot of it living in our bodies. And people who were born in the 1960s, um, before the Test Ban Treaty in 1963, all have quantities of radioactive fission uh, uh, byproducts in our bones. So I'm going to die six months earlier than I would normally, simply because of that exposure, I also have a higher risk of developing certain types of cancers because I was exposed to the radiation produced by those bombs. And so does anybody over the age of 50 um, that, uh, you know, was born in 19, anytime after 1963, you're okay. But if you were born before 1963, you've got that stuff in your bones. Kind of, kind of gives a new meaning to the baby boomers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. It's baby boomers. That's right. So I mean, all of us right now, you know, the black community in particular is already exposed to much higher levels of carcinogenic material. Um, the black community is exposed to 
uh, all sorts of different things that others aren't. And I can give you an example. I can remember having a conversation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about four years ago after a film screening that we uh, attended, um, and he was talking about the water in New York City and how he, Robert, spoke about how the the water in black neighborhoods is different than the white neighborhood because mm-hmm. and that he said that the EPA um, would not even release to him how the water is distributed around the city. And he knows for a fact that the water that black people, uh, people of color, receive in, uh, in you know, inner city communities receives a water that is less, uh, you know, of less uh, lower quality than other right. areas. And and black people are exposed, like you can say, that there are bus depots in black communities. You you have uh, waste treatment plants and facilities in, in black and, you know, uh, people of a color in the communities of people of color. So we're exposed to a lot more toxic, uh, uh, you know, waste anyway. So when you lay uh, radiation on top of it, uh, you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a toxic soup. That's why our incidence of cancer is so high. Right. So, you know, what are we going to do as people to develop survival strategies to deal with all of this? Because at the end of the day, we are being hit from every single side. And not to mention our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated. Right. You know? And not to even, you know, we haven't even factored in the effects of cell phone use. You know, I, I don't think that it's exclusive to our sisters, but the majority of, of women that I see that wear their phones near their breasts or, you know, directly on the buttocks and in their, their back pockets are sisters, you know what I'm saying? Um, I've seen people allow their children to use their cell phones. You know, and in comparison, when we're talking about radiation output, because I know a lot of the studies... Uh, that have been done by the medical establishment, have been funded by the cell phone companies, you know, or for, from the um, the different entities that, that, that are, you know, behind Samsung and things of that nature. So a lot of the reports come back inconclusive. But to your knowledge, you know, in terms of radiation, what does that level of exposure bring, you know, cell phone use? Okay, well, let's just say that first thing is when you start talking about microwave radiation, right? Right. Uh, that uh, that the lower the level can be even more uh, noticeable than you say at higher levels of radiation, um, because like there's, a, there's certain effects that you could get from certain frequencies of radiation and power density, and um, it's like when you start talking about like first of all. Let's think about what microwave radiation does. It excites the, you know, molecule of water within the cell. So um, when you start talking about how um, it's the different frequencies of microwaves, I mean, I, I don't want to get, like, like, too technical, but if you see what it does to uh, when you put my popcorn in a, in a microwave, and you see what right. it does to the popcorn because it, it basically the microwave attacks the moisture in the kernel and, and it produces a heat, a heat enough to expand the kernel into a piece of popcorn. Those very same microwaves 
do the exact same thing to yourself at lower levels. Mm. So you can basically figure that uh, when you start doing that kind of, when you start directing that type of energy into a cell, um, it's going to do damage to the cell. And um, and there's all sorts of studies relative to, um, uh, if there's anything I would tell your listeners, if you want to learn about the real deal about microwave radiation, you got to check out this book. Um, Arthur Furstenberg, he wrote it, it's called Microwaving Our Planet. You've got to check this book out because this guy breaks down how what microwaves do to pretty much everything everywhere. It, it, it talks about how microwaves affect blood. It talks about how microwaves affect tissue. And, a micro, and it talks about how we're bathing ourselves in microwaves of different right. uh, wavelengths and, you know, frequencies. So Cause you, just to, uh, sorry, just to um, you know, put the, the statement on record, just because I don't have a microwave in my apartment doesn't mean that I'm not getting nuked from the microwave next door to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. microwaves still create this field of microwave uh, emanating radiation that we're all affected by. And then you got the TVs. You know what I'm saying? Then you got the Wi-Fi. Right. You know. And it would also, also, this, this, like I said, remember what I've done before, that there's different, there's different uh, ways that you deal with microwave radiation. It's not just like, you know, the frequency of, you know, like the wavelength, but it's also like uh, in terms of uh, the resonance of the wave uh, of the actual energy. Because within different frequency ranges of microwave energy, like the wavelength is different sizes. So when you start going up into like the different wavelengths of 900 megahertz, which is basically cycles per second, um, you start talking about the the size of it also makes a difference because it resonates in proximity to the size of your own body and more radiation is absorbed that way. So if you have a wave that's as big as a head, and it's hitting your head, then it's going to do more damage as opposed to something much smaller. You, you follow what I'm saying? Right. So, like, um, when, and it's like when you're talking about, like, kids, it's worse for kids than it is for adults because children's heads are thinner, the skulls are thinner, so microwaves are going to penetrate their heads more easily. So, you know, uh, children's cells and the mitosis, when we start talking about the same thing for ionizing radiation, that the cells that children have, they replicate faster. So that slows down the replication of, of um, my, you know, it slows down the mitosis, the process of mitosis in the cells of children. And when you start doing that, then you start doing DNA damage. When you start doing DNA damage, you start doing immune system damage. See? So uh, when you start talking about another thing, like the kind of radiation that you get from cell phones, the pulse system, that's bad because that's different at a cellular level than waves that are continuous. Uh, it just goes on and on. So, and, and again, the one consistency that I had brought up at the beginning when we were talking about radiation dosage, even though microwave energy is different than ionizing radiation, but the effects of radiation are cumulative, okay? Right. So no matter right. what, the more you're exposed to it, the worse it's going to be. So we're talking right. about, like, people that are dosing themselves up all the time. You know, I used to say to Russell, 
Simmons that when Russell, I remember when cell phones first came out, you know, I mean, I'm older. I would presume I'm older, significantly older than most, most of your listeners. Right. Um, but you know, I'm old enough to remember when cell phones came out. In fact, I used to have a huge cell phone. In fact, I still have my first cell phone. It's about <laughs> as big as a brick. Right. And, and you know, I was kind of scared of it because I knew that, damn, you know, this thing must send out enough, it must have enough microwave energy in this to, to fry eggs, you know. And I'm sure it did. But I remember when cell phones first came out. And um, and when they did, Mr. Russell, uh, you know, it was like a novelty back in those days. You know, you had a cell phone, you were a big shot. Right, right. Um, and, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I, can't, I, I don't know, I don't remember what my cell phone bill was, but it was enormous when it first came out. But I remember when, you know, cell phones was a big deal and then the flip phones came out. And Russell used to walk around with uh, the cell phone plastered to his head. But he never took it uh-huh. off. That's all he was ever on. And I remember telling him once, uh, you know, dude, you, when, when they get the cancer, when you get the cancer that you're going to get from that, when they do the x-rays, it's going to be in the shape of your flip phone. Wow. That cancer, the tumor you're going to get is going to be the same shape as your flip phone. I would like to have Russell's um, right hand, right, the right side of his brain. I'd like to get a, a CAT scan and to see what's going on up in there because I'm telling you, I know that these cell phones produce. I'm sure that, you know, that they produce cancer um, or different tumors and such because they're messing with the cells and you're beaming all that microwave energy into your head and, you know, believe me that, like what you said, you, you, you basically hit the nail right on the head when you spoke about the fact that the cell phone companies pay, uh, you know, doctors and, and scientists to, to produce research, very much like what they call cigarette science. You know how they would say cigarettes, is, oh, cigarettes aren't bad. They just, just got to do it in moderation. Um, you know, the fact is is that cell phones, of course, they're bad. That's why you got to keep them away from your face. You got to use your um, your headpieces and you know, and if you have uh, gonads that you want to protect, you don't want to put them in your pocket either too much. <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about it. I mean, you know, Bluetooth is also, you know, even though Bluetooth they, Bluetooth uh, devices use uh, infrared sometimes and radio frequency energy uh, for the signal, but, you know, we can't get away from that radiation. We're bathing in it. It's like... Where I'm at right now, I'm bathing in it because I'm in a high building. The higher up you go, the more microwave you get in the, you're absorbing. Right. So everybody, like right now, we're using Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm on Wi-Fi on my computer. You know, it's all these different energy fields that are basically around. And, um, you know, you can buffer yourself from it, but you can't completely, um, right. you know. The wires, yes. the people that use, uh, you know, there's a device that is called a Faraday cage, you know, named after uh, Sir Michael Faraday, um, that you could use to shield yourself, but you're not going to walk around with a, a, a suit made out of metal mesh. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you could wear copper and you could wear conductors that to some degree will absorb some of that energy, 
Yeah, some of it, right. Some of it, but it's not going to absorb all of it unless you just, like, walk around like a wire man to Jamaica and uh, just wrap yourself in a wire. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you can, if you're down for that, then that's I'm cool. almost there. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> man, you have, a, you, have to, you have to go a lot more. I mean, but, you know, it's funny because it does make a difference. You're localizing the field. When you have, like, metal, you have a metal bracelet, you have a metal medallion, um, yeah, I got a lot a of capital. Yeah, well, you have that. You pass through a field, you localize it. So if you walk through a field of microwave energy, you walk through a field of radio frequency energy, and you have all this metal on, then you localize the field and, and isolate it to, like, the metal actually absorbs it. And um, to a large yes, degree, yes. it kind of, like, takes away from the effects that it would have on a larger area of your body, you know. Right. But but on the other hand, if somebody has a dose, if somebody has a detonated a nuclear bomb, then you will get electrocuted because all those free electrons from the electromagnetic pole will travel through those conductors and get zapped. So so we just gotta hope that we won't get nuked. As long as we don't get nuked, then it's doing you good. As long as we don't get nuked. <laughs> I mean, because in my travels. Um, um, I'm, I'm always humbled by people that come to me. It's normally older people or, you know, people that come from abroad, and they'll come and they'll look at my jewelry, and the first thing that they say, they say, you know, copper's good for arthritis, and that's what they keep telling me, you know what I'm saying? So then I'm able to open up a conversation with them and, and give them just a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, about what copper does and the benefits of copper and why copper is so important. And um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's fun educating people on that level where they see their jewelry can now also be operational rather than just, you know, ornamental. Um, yeah, it, no, it's, it's operational. I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, the more surface area, the better. I mean, the tighter the coils that are wound and whatever you have, you know, the better. Uh, because it yes. actually it, it actually absorbs more energy, you know. Right. And right. Um, I, I would presume that uh, that you know that there are uh, companies in Japan that are actually producing uh, microwave safe garments because they're weaving silver fiber into the fabric, and and in the mm-hmm. process, the silver isn't just there just for the microwave energy. It's also there as an antibiotic uh, agent because, you know, the properties of silver. Yes. And um, this is so, like, you can have underwear that won't stink, you know, I mean, essentially because it's silver and there's no biological growth that can, can happen in it. Um, but it also has the benefit of being able to shield you from certain types of electromagnetic radiation in that spectrum. And I guess that eventually uh. people are going to wind up wearing clothes like that so they can kind of shield themselves from the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, and that's what, But, you know, what I would say to you, brothers, is that as a people, you know, you, you have your program and you have to, like, choose the topics that educate the people and to make them aware of the threats that are, exist because... If you don't, if you're not aware of it, if you can't protect, you know, to be forewarned and to be forearmed. So even just this little bit of information now, okay, like, for instance, let's, like, talk about some solutions. Number yes. one, we spoke about the Pacific. 
So we know right now that really uh, it's bad enough that the waters are polluted anyway. You know, when you eat fish, it's mercury, it's lead, there's all these different things in fish. But now you know you have a, situ- a situation in the Pacific Ocean relative to the plant in Japan. Right. That could get worse I mean, and it, it, it would be safe to say that it's not localized to the Pacific Ocean, but for argument's yeah. sake, let's just talk about that. For the, yeah. Right. Radiation levels in the Pacific Ocean are going to be higher than the Atlantic. Um, so with that said, we know that um, there's a certain type certain types of fish that you shouldn't even be eating, deep water fish and things like that, tuna, fish that are going to actually, um, you know, uh, have a higher level of radiation than other fish. Or, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say you shouldn't eat any fish in the Pacific, but you should be eating certain fish, and um, simply because uh, the levels of radiation are going to be higher than, uh, you know, and the closer you get to Japan, the, the higher the radiation levels are going to be. So, also, in terms of, like, what's another way that this radiation is going to creep into the food chain, it's going to creep into the milk. So, if you're still, I know, I know y'all still drink milk, so, but I'm just saying, a lot of us do. You know how black folks uh, love a lot of, milk. A lot of people do, yeah. Oh, we love milk. I mean, you know. I mean, I, dairy I mean, more than anything, you know, the cheese and the butter, you know what I'm saying, the more so milk byproducts is what I see yeah. amongst people to even, you know, adhere to a certain dietary regimen. One of those three things they normally can't get away from, you know what I'm saying, whether it's the butter, yeah, right. mm-hmm. the milk, or the cheese. Right, and we have so, to know, like, for instance, now that you guys, your listeners, anyway, you know already, but your listeners need to know with, you know, okay, number one, that these Isotopes, which are basically all an isotope is, is the amount of neutrons in an atom. That's all that means. That these radioactive isotopes are a byproduct of nuclear fission. And some of them, some specific isotopes, like cesium-137, goes right to tissue. That goes to muscle and flesh. Strontium goes straight for the bone. Um, another thing you need to know about it is it has a half-life, which is basically... Um, how much energy it emits over a period of time. So strontium has a short half-life. Most of strontium's energy is burned out after a few months, actually. Um, But it still emits radiation. Cesium has a longer half-life. We have to familiarize ourselves with these things. If you don't know what these things are, you can't protect yourself from them. We have to force ourselves. You know, a lot of us, you know, uh, we have this thing in our culture which is an anti-intellectualism. And we don't even want to know, oh, you're your brainiac or whatever. That's foolishness. That's what we were taught as a people, to run away from knowledge. You have your show, know, know the ledge. Yes. So if, you, if you're going to listen to a show like this, then you need to run toward the knowledge, not away from it, because you're going to need a lot of knowledge, because you're going to need a lot of knowledge to get around some of the things that are going to be coming at you. Now, what is... The, what's the end result if you don't know? The end result is having poor health care and looking for solutions to medical problems that you won't find simply because the system isn't going to cover your ass when you get a certain type of cancer and you get this Medicaid treatment because you don't have the regular kind of insurance and you have Medicaid or Medicare, so you get this really chintzy type of treatment, so you're going to live in a state of pain, 
and you're going to suffer. Mm. And then you're going to eventually die. Everybody dies. Death isn't the punishment. But I've always said that I don't care about death. I care about what happens in between life and death. And if you know how cancer people can suffer, then you want to do everything that you can to avoid getting cancer. So on this show, take what you've learned. You know, Pacific fish is a no-no. You go shopping for fish in any of these stores, like when you go buy shrimp from Costco's or any of these places, you better know where those shrimp came from. You think they fish those shrimp in the Atlantic Ocean? Hell no. Those shrimps are coming out of the Pacific. They're coming out of waters near Indonesia. They're coming out of the Indian Ocean. You don't know where those shrimps are coming from. And, and unless you know what the source is, you don't eat it. And, and we need to, as a people, we need to start cultivating. Um, if you have land and if you have property, you need to learn about aquaponics. You need to learn about every type of food, growing, producing, storage Process, available. Right. Yeah, because in the future, it's going to get rough. So keep in mind, just like I said, I mentioned Paducah. I consider it an assignment to all of you listening. If you're going to stay on listening to this show, I consider it an assignment for you to go to the website that I suggested to go to earlier, right, and look up Paducah, Kentucky. Look up what that actual mess is. Um, Go and see for yourself just what we are literally living. Go to the Echo Watch website. Go to Countdown to Nuclear Ruin at Paducah. Go to these things. Research it for yourself. Recognize we have 104 power plants in this country, 65 of them are operational. We even have research plants, and the military has nuclear power plants that are classified. Um, If any one of these melts down, we're going to have a nuclear disaster in the United States. Are you prepared to deal with the nuclear disaster if it occurs? Our community is already compromised as it is, but we have to take extra precautions so that our children do not suffer. Your children does This is coming from a first-hand account family of somebody who responds to disaster, who responds to tragedies, who was there for Sandy and can tell you some very disheartening accounts and tales of where our people were at, you know what I'm well, saying, at our you, level of, of response and preparedness. I'm well, talking you remember. about you. You were there. Yeah, but you remember when I ran into you. Yeah. And your mother, and I'm coming back, and you saw me wasted, burned out. So you burned, brother, and it hurt me because I know what you put on the line, you know what I'm saying, and to to see you at that level where you was like, look, I can only take but so much more of this, you know, that that was like a a hit in the chest. But it's the because truth. I can't, I, thought, I can't fathom or imagine the things that you saw when you went up into those projects in Coney Island. Man, I, like I told you, I saw, I saw a group of young, strong black men at at a at you know and uh, at the bot at uh, one of the, in the Red Hook projects actually. No, excuse me, Coney Island. And I mean, you know, I rode, I listen, I rode my bike from the Bronx with sixty pounds a gear to deal with this. Um, I saw strong young black men with a eighty something year old hundred pound sister who sat in the darkness for five or six hours simply because not one of these strong black men was willing to help her get back up to her apartment. And they stood out there and they watched her 
And when I went over to her and asked her, this, why are you in here in the dark like this? And she said, because ain't nobody taking me upstairs. And I, and I said to my, I'll, I'll be honest with the, your listeners. I went out in, there was enough of them to jump me. And I went out there and went in on these cats. And I said, you know what? I wish I had a collision call because if I did, I would cut those use. I would cut the whole useless lot of you down. You're a waste hmm. of flesh. You're a waste of tissue. You sit up here and you let this sister sit here for six hours, and not one of you, you know what? I was, I was done, man. I was through. And I think to add insult to injury, to watch these young white folks from Occupy Sandy yeah. grabbing yeah. bags and water and coming into these projects and food. You see them in Red Hook. While we stood idly by and watched them do it. So if this is the mentality that we have in our community, then really what we have to do is we have to form pockets of survivors because the majority of the community has chosen to lay down and die. And that's the reality. It is really no way to not say this. I can get on here and I can do a feel-good talk, but I'm not about that. You know that I'm oh, not. No. Well, you laid it out. It's a deaf culture, you know what I'm saying, and, and that's, where, <laughs> that's where a lot of them, they're going to watch her for six hours and think nothing of it, you know. And we were talking about a lot of the effects earlier, you know, from – different catastrophic situations that has hit us, we'd never factor in crack cocaine, you know what I'm saying, as biological warfare that took place in our communities. And a lot of what we are looking at is fallout from that, you know what I'm saying? Of course. A lot of these people are, are, are direct recipients, whether they were born from it, born in it, or participated in it, you know what I'm saying? And what type of energy does that bring? when a person is dealing with that level of toxicity, you know? Of course it is. Of course. Of trading and in a biological warfare. Hey, I say 40, when you know the COINTELPRO, uh, when you think about what COINTELPRO did to us in that respect, you know? So we've had conditions that have produced, you know, we didn't just come like this. We were We were made into this. But even so, it's no excuse for the ones who know better to just stand idly by and watch this happen. You know, so I say this to you because in the, when you get a disaster and conditions are exacerbated, you know, there's an old saying about what the Christ once said, um, where he said once about if uh, when they were beating him or brutalizing him, if you do this when the trees are green and ripe with fruit, what would you do when they go bare? So in other words, if we act like this, you know, if we act like this with when Target is open, Costco's is open, and Seatown right. and Fine Fair, and the our checks right. are coming on the first of the month. Availability. We, yeah, we we've got we we can get food stamps. We got jobs. If we act like this now. What would we do when the rug gets pulled out from underneath us? I saw it when I was down in New Orleans, when I went down to uh, Katrina, you know, and, and I saw grown people that didn't even know how to dispose of a body. I saw grown people 
that didn't even know where to to put the fecal material. You know? Right. And when I went into the Superdome and I looked at the human waste all over the AstroTurf, and then I went into the hallways and I saw empty garbage cans, you know? Mm. And I said, why are they defecating on the AstroTurf? And then they tell, because they know where to go bathroom. And I said, did anybody consider making a makeshift area to go to the toilet? Did anybody consider this? I would say, did anybody consider taking an abandoned car, cutting a hole in the roof, and making that abandoned car a toilet? Can anybody consider being creative and making something into a toilet? We we didn't even know how. We couldn't even survive, you know, grow to see grown men that helpless. It was heartbreaking. So I cannot imagine what would happen to us on a, you know, which and which leads me to something else, which is why, you know, over the past few years, you know, we started this program, Ready Up America, in 2011, and I had a series of tragedies that I had to pull out of it. We did it with Bob right. Day, the open line, uh, show the open line that was on KISS at the time. It's now on WBLS Radio in New York. Yes. And, you know, we wanted to set off something. And, um, you know, I, I started it again, um, you know, like several months ago. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I'm looking, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a television special on this. And I'm hoping that the community, I don't, know if the community will support an effort for itself. I don't know if we're at that point anymore. You know, what we do get behind, like the Zimmermans, you know, we'll get upset over Robert Zimmerman killing our brother Trayvon, which is a terrible thing, but we don't have the same amount of rage for the little baby that got shot. In, uh, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not proactive for ourselves. So I don't know if, if even... We, you know, we get a pass. Yeah, yeah, we get a pass. We get a pass. And I don't know if we're proactive enough to come together because, you know, the black church kind of functions with the black church onto itself. So each church is a separate entity onto itself, you know. I've heard that they've taken $400 billion billion out of the black community over the past, I think, 20 years or 30 years or so. Right. But yet and still, brothers, we don't have one black hospital, not one black-owned hospital in the United States. But... Not one, not one. That's crazy. That's crazy, but it's the truth, you know. So if that's the case, what does it tell you? It tells you that, you know, we're not proactive. <laughs> Something ain't right. Something ain't right. The people that would have done it are the ones that were incarcerated, you know, the revolutionaries, the activists, the people that would have made the difference in the community were neutralized by the federal government. We know this with Cohen Temper. That's what it was for the destruction of that element within the black community that can uplift and raise it. But, you know, I leave it to you young brothers that have to clean up the foolishness of the damage that was done by this, what they call, uh, my my brother Ernie Panacali, the hip-hop photographer called Shit Hop, which is basically, you know, this version of hip-hop that has contaminated the minds of uh, so many of our younger people it has nothing yes, to do with the message. Yes. Huh? 
Yeah, shout out to Brother Ernie. Shout out to Ernie. Yes. Yeah. Soldier. Frontline. Yeah, Frontline has seen it all. And, and the thing is, is that it's contaminated the minds of the younger people. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, and it's led us astray to a point where, you know, it's an abyss. It's led us to an abyss. We're not coming back from this abyss unless people like yourselves, you know, kind of function. And, and you, you need to draw people to know, know the ledge radio and to form a know the ledge society or something. And, We're working um, on it, brother, yeah. That's what, but that's what you have to do because you need numbers. You've got to have the numbers to come together that are all like-minded to say enough. Because if we don't do that, because right now, the way we, we are, with like with what I tell you, listen, I could go on for days and tell you things that the Rand Corporation and Brookings Institute and Cato and Bowens Hamilton and all these different think tanks work on because the government pays these think tanks to deal with the problems that the government has produced so that they can develop solutions for themselves. Listen, there's a company that I want you to look at online called Radius Engineering. Look them up. Look at the shelters that they're building all over the country. This is not conspiracy theory talk. These are actual companies that are building shelters all over the country. Some shelters can house several hundred people. Some shelters can house a thousand people. What are these shelters for? Why is the government buying stockpiles of emergency food? Why is the government buying all these water tanks? Why is the government buying all this ammo? This is not conspiracy theory talk. This is reality. And the right. thing is, is that, so what does that mean to us? What it means to us is the fact that the government knows that the systems that the government has manifested are going to fail. And the government is taking precautionary measures against this failure so that it can maintain this mechanism or maintain what they call COG, continuity of government. But not continuity of people. There's no COG program. There's only a COG program. So if you want there to be a COG program, then you better get together with like-minded people that listen to your show and form a collective that you can work on that develop the systems that you need to survive. Because if we don't do that, we got to, to a large degree, there's a lot of us, they ain't even worth talking to anymore. Oh, no. You know? There's a lot of us that are not even worth wasting our breath on. You know? I, there's a lot of us that, you know, I wish that I could, you know, they've, they've been ruined by this. It's not their fault. It really is not. It's not these, a lot of these young people's fault that they're the way that they are. They wound up with parents that didn't want them. They wound up with fathers that disappear. They don't do their j- job. And then they wind up with different overworked mothers and different overworked mothers. And then they go out in the streets and the street keeps them everything that they shouldn't know. And then they're angry. They're, they're, they're angry and they're hostile because nobody loved them in the way that they should have been loved. And they take that rage out on the community. They take it out on our women. They take it out on our children. But unfortunately, they're a plague. Just because they are babies doesn't mean that they're not a problem. And we don't have the resources to save them. And um, some of them can be saved when they're younger, and some of them can be saved because they have that spark of divinity in them. They want to be saved, and those are the ones we got to reach out to. But for the other ones, the knuckleheads, the ones that you can't 
can't waste breath on these people anymore because um, they're not fixable. You know, and right now I'm only working on the stuff that I can actually help. So to all of your listeners tonight, I would encourage you to, I, if anything, learn about the situation in Fukushima. Look up Arne Gundensen. Look up A-R-N-E-G-U-N-D-E-N-S-S-E-N. Look up Gamma Shine event at Fukushima. Um, look up Echo Watch, Countdown to Nuclear Ruin at Paducah. Look all of these things up and see for yourself. Look at the world that we're living in. And recognize that there are strategies that you can take to get around this, but you're going to have to decide that you want to do it. Because within the next year, and maybe sooner, we're going to start to get hit, and we're not going to stop getting hit for the next 40 years. And um, and we're going to see a significant portion of our population. You know, we're going to see pandemics. We're not. I'll tell you straight out, as we are now, when we get a real major pandemic that rolls through, we're going to lose a lot of people, a lot. And I yes. can guarantee you that there's an element that wants this to occur, and they might even motivate it. Um, you know, we're in a bad situation. I mean, one thing I can tell you is that, you know, if we were to work together, we could rectify this situation really in a matter of two months. Yes, we could. But it's hard, but it's hard, it's hard to get, like, three black folks, you know, together in the same room <laughs> to agree on what color the room yes. is. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, unbelievable. You know, and, and I've been doing this for a minute. So I know most, of these cats, most of these cats, I know these people these high-profile Negroes. And, um, I mean, the strange, you know, strange as it may seem, the only super high-profile, like, let's say, quote-unquote, black leader, per se, that ever really, really stepped to the plate in a proper way about this, of all of them, was Reverend Al Sharpton. You think wow. you wouldn't think so, would you? It's strange, isn't it? Because I went to everybody. You know, uh, this I mean, nineteen ninety seven. I I know that because Sharpton has built his life on relationships. You know, he might have a different relationship with you, and might be compelled. You know, what I'm saying to. I don't necessarily want to say appear like he's going to do something, but actually, you know, shuffle some things for you. You know, he well, he, he might believe in what it is that you're bringing forth that much to actually make some things happen for you because he does have the resources. He did. You know, I talk about even before he was like this, you know, MSNBC dude. Right. um, Before he was like that. This was in 1997. This was when. Shout out to Kathy. He has a. Yeah. This was when I was, yeah, when I was walking around like Morpheus, literally in that respect with long black coat and, you know, Oh, it's either crazy Aton or real Aton. I and I produced a report, took it to him and a bunch of other prominent, quote unquote, black leaders. You know, Cornell and Jesse, but he was the only person who responded. And you know, he didn't just respond. He actually said, "All right, we gon' let's take this to the people. I'm gonna let you do this up at 10 a.m. You got the floor." All right. And he 
actually let and, – and, you know, there was support. He actually supported the effort. He actually put the effort at the forefront. He was the only one. And um, and, he's, and still, you know, despite his problems and despite his proclivities, he still is. The trick is, is that but the rest of these people remains to be seen. I think that maybe me doing television helps because then they can get on television and in the process – that's what motivates them to get involved, not because the community is going to be helped, but because they can get on television. Right, they would appear to be doing something. Yeah, exactly, exactly, you know. That's what I'm saying. I was about to ask you, being that the conditions are somewhat different now and philanthropy and activism and all of these things, you know, are now a little bit more favorable. You know, Jay-Z's talking about it, so people will more so likely be apt to get involved with something to say, you know, this is my core project. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put my name to this because, you know what I'm saying, I'm, 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 I passed this X amount of accumulation mark. I'm 40 now, so I got to do something that's substantial. You know, I think that, you know, if you, you keep beating at it, you might be able to find one or two of them that might be willing to, uh, you know, put their name on the line. And, yeah, there's still people there. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, because the entertainment and the money is not. They know at this point that's just not going to cut it. That's not going to make them the legends that they want to become. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think there are a few of them looking for a cause out there. Yeah, there's a few of them. Oh, there's you know there's there's plenty of people that um, will help. But you know, I just I just hope that I don't know if the community recognizes the dangers that they're in. And a lot of the community is like, well, you know, yeah, you know, well, I'm not worried because Jesus will um, handle it. <laughs> you know, I just give it to I think, Jesus. Yeah. The fact that you know what I'm saying, uh, they still see Japanese dance groups coming over and, and dancing on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 As long as they see that, it's not going to ring true to them because they don't see people in Japan dying and they don't understand that the Japanese have such a high iodine, you know, scented diet that a lot of them are able to thwart certain things off or just prolong it. But it don't mean like it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just ain't happening today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's not on CNN. Anderson Cooper's not talking about it, you know, with with with, with attitude. You feel me? And it's not in no hip hop music, so they can't make that neural connection. You know, mm-hmm. all of these particular factors are not in play to like really make somebody sit up and say, in addition to the fifteen to twenty issues that they already have on their calendar, to mm-hmm. put this one at the top and be like. Okay, you know, I'm gonna be concerned with something that's not immediately up on me. You know what I'm saying? But this bill is due today. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, well, I, I agree 100%. I agree wholeheartedly. Heartening, yeah. That that's where our threshold is at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That we've been so for, so boxed in that we can't think one generation ahead, let alone seven. Mm-hmm. And we've adopted that particular mindset of the European, you know, who is acting on this planet as if they have 
an expiration date. Right, you know? right. And the and problem once is, you, is that yeah, once you follow that mentality and become that person, you know, the consequences are even more nil. Because mm-hmm. now you've disconnected yourself from your natural occurring mechanism as being the caretaker of this planet, you know. And as we look at, um, you know, colony collapse and things of that nature, I think a lot more of that is not only just tied to environmental factors, but I think it's, it's, it's connected to the consciousness of this planet, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, so I agree, are the yeah, the colony collapse is, is you know, uh, the different uh, pesticides that, and the, and the uh, different uh, biological uh, mutations that are creating this situation where we're losing our bees. Um, you know, we're, we're just shutting the system down. But, but again, like what you said, with us not recognizing the threat at all, you know, we're, we're not even in the mix of recognizing the threat, you know. The thing yeah. that concerns me about also coming out with a solution, yeah, we're not even a, we're not even having the conversation right. about what's taking right. place, let alone pressing the pause button and saying, Oh no, hold on, we gotta you know what I'm saying, come up with the solution. We're not even mm-hmm. having the conversation. Yeah. So how far behind the eight ball are we really? We're not even on the pool table. You know, we're not even on the pool table, really. I mean, when you really get down to it. Uh, and I don't know, you know, my thing is is that, uh, you know, I've done all I can to try to, to um, I, I've done all that I can to try and uh, to get as much Crazy information offense. out there um, yes. and to try to spark interest. And I don't know what else I can do. Yeah, I, I don't know what else that can be done. I mean, it, my it, last... It will come. It will come, brother. You know what I'm saying? That well, next level of, 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 of awareness spreading for you is coming because we are quickly progressing into a planet where the people won't be that comfortable as to ignore this conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be on them. It's going to be yeah. on them. And your test... Huh? I said the thing I fear is that you learn when you're at the Katrina level, you know. You learn when you're in the Superdome, not before. And when once you right. get to the Superdome, you're already kind of screwed. Already screwed. Already in panic you know? mode, crisis mode. Because, you know, contrary to what people think, Mayor Nagin did warn the city. Because I was in on that call and steam I had that George Bush was in on as well. And he did tell those school buses to do this. But our position was to say, eh, ain't nothing going to happen. We've had ain't worried about before. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't worried about that. You know. And anybody who's been in the Ninth Ward and, you know, the bunker train is above it. And you know that it's like, well, that's kind of strange. You live underneath the damn water? That's like a big, giant bowl. What right. if the bowl breaks? And it's just like, well, then I guess we drown. The attitude is just so laissez-faire. It's just like, well, I'm worried. And then, of course, that we come to, well, I'm going to let Jesus handle it. You know? Damn. And, and, and it's like, well, I don't know. Because 
up to now, I mean, you know, we came over here in the good ship Jesus. Uh, when they were whipping us into a pulp, you know, they were hmm. whipping us with the with the uh, permission of that Bible. So from my perspective, you know, given the fact that for 400 years of bondage and once Jesus was forced down our throats, uh, when you really think about this Jesus that we think is going to take care of us, you really got to be realistic about it and say, well, you know, I don't know how much that Jesus took care of us. Maybe Jesus did take care of us to keep uh, the, the Europeans from killing us all like they were doing the Jews, you know? Right. But uh, I don't know, man. I just think that if your defense mechanism isn't a deity, then uh, and that's your principal defense, defense mechanism, as opposed to doing it for yourself, and I think you got a lot of problems if you go wait to see if God is taking care of something, and you're not, you got some major issues to deal with. Right. That's what scares me. But uh, I mean, you know, when when we talk about just the whole mechanism of hello, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, when we just talk about the whole, you know, ideology of religion within itself, especially Christianity in this country, it's convenient in that nature, and that's what it does. It lulls the people to sleep, and it allows them to be so carefree to say, oh, you know, you know, God going to take care of this. You know what I'm saying? I can just go ahead and do as I please, you know, party it all away. As long as I'm in yeah. church on Sunday, God going to take care of it all. Because Jesus mm-hmm. died for our sins. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bigger than the Lord. And, mm-hmm. you know, because they have such a subservient animal at that level, they're so docile and just ready to be steered whichever way they send them. It's just mm-hmm. the perfect condition for control. Right. It's the right. perfect condition. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you, you you would have a situation like this. I don't think there's no other country on the planet that something like what Obama was trying to do can take place without people tearing the fence down on 1600 Pennsylvania and dragging that Negro allies' ears and throwing them out of the White House. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's no other time nor no other country on the planet that would allow what this country has allowed, mm-hmm. you know, the complacency mm-hmm. and, and and just the reluctance to just sit back and say, you know, if it's going this way, then that's the way it's supposed to be, and if it's not, you know, God is going to fix it. But they lived through crack. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is it. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, we we have, um, I don't know, we got a lot of work to do. I mean, but I'm not, but I'm looking at this like uh, the unthinkable Molly Brown, who was a Titanic survivor. And, um, you know, she was a, she was a real uh, spitfire. She was a real firecracker. And um, she was a really great, 
person in terms of uh, dealing with some of the survivors of the Titanic. And as that boat was moving through those icy waters in the Atlantic, and, you know, she would pull people into the boat, survivors that, you know, before they got hypothermia to pull them in and rescue people. But there was a point got to where when that lifeboat had that last person in it, everybody doesn't get on the lifeboat. She had to move that lifeboat out of the field. She had to give a command to that lifeboat to get away because the rest of the people will drag it down and it will kill the people in the lifeboat because they're so desperate to live that they'll do anything to get in this lifeboat, but they'll sink this lifeboat. In the process, that'll kill everybody on the lifeboat, and that means nothing. So she was like, we got to get out of here. So. You know, I feel the same way. Everybody's not going to make the lifeboat. We're we're not. It's not. It's not for everybody to do. Everybody isn't supposed to survive. Everybody isn't supposed to make it through this. And um, our community is no exception to any rule. There are going to be problems that we're going to face within the near future, and everybody isn't supposed to get out of it. But at the very right. least, what we can do is the form collective, where. We know that there are like-minded people who are willing to do the things that are necessary that can help them get out of it. You know, and that's what I'm saying that we, or you know, more like you guys need to do with your vehicle and your listeners. You know, well, I mean that's basically it. I don't mean to sound grim, but I'm just telling it like it is. Not at all, brother. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely pause you forth so you can do exactly that. You tell it like it is. You know what I'm saying? People have been dealing with the, uh, you know, with the family with, with, with kid gloves for far too long, and that allows them, you know, to turn the radio off and just think that this conversation was localized to the time in which we had it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not. This is an ongoing conversation. This is the reality of the situation. Whether you tune it out or not, it's still here. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It is the reality, and, and it's a, and it's a harsh reality for the family that that are amongst us that are the proactive ones. Though, can you steer them towards uh, something that's more solution based? You have a website. You have an upcoming seminar. I saw. Is there something more? that you can give the ones that do want to respond, you know, a little bit more, quote-unquote, light at the tunnel? Well, you know, what what I have in, um, on sep- what is it, September the 26th, um, I have a seminar that I'm doing with an organization called Evolver. And uh, if you go to evolver.net, um, it's called the Evolver Learning Lab. And... Um, one of the things is that, you know, the Evolver Learning Lab, it's an interactive way. You know, like it, it's it's a, it's a different way to actually do these classes. And um, I've done it once before with Evolver. And uh, it allows for me to, to do a class without trying to balance people's schedules or having, you know, the problem of getting presentations together and actually do these sessions live on the Internet. So if... if um, if if your listeners go to evolver.net, um, then they can go and they can register on the 26th of uh, September, and I'll be doing a class. It's like a 
But, you know, once again, I'm going into the life defense aspect more because that some of the things that I need to do now are, are far more broad than, um, you know, the uh, preparedness. And, you know, Evolver, the great thing about Evolver is is that it's a community, it's a collective consciousness community. It's just like what you're doing, the same tip. Um, you know, a friend of mine named Daniel Pinchbeck, who's an author, um, he kind of created it for people who want to deal with cosmic consciousness. And there's really no point in having cosmic consciousness and not being ready to deal with disasters. You know, it's nice to be like a guru, but at the same time, a guru's got to eat, or some of them do anyway. Most of them do. I don't, I don't want to cut anybody off. Sorry, but we do have the eleven uh, eleven meditation. Uh, that's a great segue. We're talking about cosmic consciousness, so we're gonna go into the eleven eleven, and we will be right back. All right. Okay. All right. Yes. Thanks.
seconds to uh, get back into place, and then we will return to our show. Brother Aton, are you with us? I'm still here. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Uh, Brother Blue Pill, are you with us? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay. okay. I want to know if it's okay to go to the callers now, because we do have two hands up in the call queue. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, before we do that, can we get a proper spelling on the website that you were just talking about, our brother Aton? Um, that would be you can go to evolver. dot net. E v o l v e r. dot net. And um, and you can go there, and that's where you know I'll have the uh, the learning lab. It's a laboratory. I mean we. We're going to, you know, the great thing about it is, is not only, you know, it's not like, uh, it's a, it's live. It's like I'm doing it real time, and then I answer questions. So, right. you know, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting way to do this, and it, and it seems to be quite effective. And I had a lot of fun doing it the last time, so I'm kind of like looking forward to, to doing it in this way, which is a little bit different. I'm doing a clinic. And um, so that's really what uh, we're going to be doing. And, uh, I mean, that's not all that I'll be doing, but for this month it's a really good way to interface. If people are interested, then they can go on and register on the uh, Evolver site, and then they can train with me, and uh, and it'll be a very, 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 very interesting session. I can guarantee you that. Awesome, awesome. So I'm looking forward to the question. Uh, okay. All right, awesome. So let's go to our first caller for the night. We have a caller from the 731. Caller from the 731-592. Peace. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. What's good? What's good? All Peace. right. Peace. 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 My name is yes, uh, Rodney Harrell, and I had a question about the uh, – I know you were talking about Paducah, Kentucky, and a certain plant that was – Having uranium, I wanted to know the name of that plant because I'm like 45 minutes away from Paducah, Kentucky. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Mm. Like 45 minutes away. And it kind of shocked me. I wasn't going to listen to the show, but I mean, like, I know Blue Pill posted something up yesterday about the uh, Law 44. I was like, man, I got to get back on this stuff. Because I really wanted to know more about it, I've been, you know, getting into other things and been falling back right. on information that I really need to be into, you know. So, so I just got on the on the radio today and I just heard about that. And then when you said Purdue, Kentucky, you know, it kind of drew me in. I had a whole bunch of other stuff that was going on in the background, and I really didn't <laughs> catch it. But I really right. wanted to get more information about that. Wow, I. <laughs> that's that's rough. I mean, um, you know, the I guess the the worst part. Uh, well, the first thing is, is that a lot of people call it Atomic City there. Um, 
you know, but really is it's just a gaseous diffusion plant at Paducah, Kentucky. And um, you know, what I what I can tell you is is that I mean, in a nutshell, not to like go over the whole thing, but um, this is a plant that uranium was purified for a long time, and it's being phased out by the uh, government, the Department of Energy. They're getting ready to sh- they're shutting it down. It actually was shut down on May the 31st. Um, and what they don't know is, is that since it's no longer going to be making highly enriched, or dealing with high, highly enriched uranium, um, once they turn off all the power and the main power to what they call a thing in the plant that purifies the uranium, which is called a diffusion cascade, when you shut off the power, that the gas that the uranium is in, embedded in, it's called uranium hexafluoride, mm-hmm. and in all these pipes and processing equipment will get hard, it'll crystallize. And so what happens is, is that as it crystallizes, it hardens. And to tell you the truth, nobody knows if it crystallizes that it could actually uh, sustain a nuclear reaction. It could produce nuclear fission. Nobody really knows if that could happen. But either way, it's going to be a huge uh, environmental disaster because it's going to, um, it's almost impossible for it to clean up. It's not like mm. gaseous uranium. You can flush that from a pipe. You know, when, you, when you're talking about crystallized uranium, how are you going to take that out? You're going to chisel it out? You're going to knock it out with hammers? It doesn't work like mm. that. It's highly radioactive. So... When you start producing crystallized crystallized uranium uh, and and you have mass formations of crystallized uranium inside of a network of pipes that measure thousands of miles, so the technology inside the plant is is outmoded. It um, it's an it's kind of a, it's kind of an apocalypse waiting to happen for that region. Wow! So, you know, there's really nothing that can be done. Unless the government, the government doesn't have the money to to deal with it, and um, you know, it's just a, it's just a mess, man. It's a mess. All I can tell you is, uh, make sure that you have really good escape plans for that area in place. Wow, wow, that ooh, that's well, not to mention the fact that your groundwater is probably very, very radioactive in, in terms of groundwater. I'd like to, to 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 measure radiation levels in your aquifers simply because I don't know if you're drinking you're probably drinking well water from that area and what have you that's coming from an aquifer and you know that um uh that those plants or a plant that large and it's been there for so long that you know the aquifers in that area are contaminated I don't know what the cancer rates are in that area, but I'm sure that they're probably higher oh, yeah, uh, than yeah. other areas because of uh, what's surrounding. Yeah, it's so, very high. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. So, I mean, all I can tell you, brother, is just stay strong, uh, stay informed, and make sure that you have a really good escape route plan. Yeah. If something ever goes you, down with that place, you need to get out of there really, real you, quick. You had a website that the brother could go to, right? Hold on, hold on. Let, let me let me grab a pen real quick so I can oh, write yes, down his website. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Um, what you can do is go to ecowatch.com. That's E C O W A T C H. You said ecowatch.com? Yeah, go to there and then look for um, an article. It's Countdown to Nuclear Ruin at Paducah. In fact, you know what? Just put nuclear ruin at Paducah in a search engine, and then you're going to get a whole bunch of articles about it. It would be better to do that than to just go to one website. Okay. And um, that's one of the things that you can do to educate yourself, inform yourself about this this enormous tragedy. And um, I know, you know, this, just, this is this. I mean, it's really mind blowing because you know what I'm saying this is where my family is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you know, this way it's hard to say, hey, look, I'm going, I'm just going to pick up and leave. You know, it's really probably hard anywhere, but especially here. I mean, it's not like you can just pick up like that and go because it's well, a struggle here. <laughs> well, what I can really. tell you is this. If there's anything that you can do for yourself that can help you in that area is to make sure that you have really, really good water filters that you use to the water that you ingest. It's never too late to start buffering yourself from the impact of these disasters and to make sure to invest in a really, really good water filter. I mean, generally speaking, I don't usually like to recommend reverse osmosis filters because they require electricity. Most of them require electricity to work. But mm-hmm. if you have a really good ceramic, glass ceramic filter that can filter out contaminants, <clears throat> that, that's a start. Also, the activated charcoal, that'll help and that'll absorb a lot more because really what you want to do is you want to triple filter your water that you drink simply so simply so that you can try to strip down the water of any radioactive byproducts that are in the form of particulates that may be in the water that you get because you're getting water from uh, aquifers or, or, or wells. So that's one of the things that you can do. Um, you know, and, um, and of course, uh, you know, there's several other things that, you know, changing your diet, eating certain types of foods, you know, it's complicated. You know, I couldn't even begin to tell you everything that you could do, but at least that's a start. And, you know, I wish you and your family well, brother. Hey, I, I appreciate it. Uh, blue pill, red pill, hey, y'all doing y'all thing. I, I appreciate the post. Y'all, y'all are the only reason why I'm still on Facebook. And that's, that's why wow. I like it. That's the only, you, y'all the only reason why I'm on Facebook. That's that's why I feel the need to keep the signal alive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's time that I want to get up off there myself. But I'm like, I know that this is how we communicate with the family. And where else they going to get it from, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Cause so, you, I mean, no, nobody, nobody really gets this information where I'm from. I'm from a small town, you know, I, and I really, you know what I'm saying, like I said, I... I was into the conscious move, movement. I had some letdowns, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to put no names out there, but, but uh, I mean, I, I had to get back into something because I was falling back. But, you know, this thing oh, that puts you back to the point where, you you know, you got to get back to your information. So I appreciate yes, it. Yes, okay. Right. Thank so you, brother. Thank you, brother. All right. Peace, bro. Yeah. Another call. Yes, indeed. All right. Thank you, Paula.
Yes, yeah. sir. Let's go to the next caller. We have a caller from the four zero one two six one. Peace. Welcome to Notalize Radio. How you doing, brothers? Hey, hey, how well. are you? How are you? How you doing? I'm calling from Rhode Island. Okay. Okay. Shout out Rhode Island. Island. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We things 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 are coming. Come. Uh, things are about to pop off, man. Yes, they uh, are. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know what what. what I'm, I'm new on this blog talk, so can you guys just run down what, what this is about? What, what your station's about? Oh, no, the last radio. Well, your 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 station here, your your station. What you guys yes. all about? No, what what you all right. reforming? That's a question. I'll let do the honors. Yes, this is a platform of of you know of consciousness and. Often that word gets a bad rap, but what that necessarily means is this is a forum that we discuss things that aren't normally discussed in, you know, mainstream media. So this is our form of alternative media where we're speaking about topics that we're bringing light to, you know, that are often kept in the dark. Tonight's episode, we're shedding light on the Fukushima Fukushima nuclear disaster and the ramifications that it's having on the... um, on the Pacific Ocean and, and, and the western shore, you know, the western coast of the United States. And eventually, right. you know, the fact that it it, it it speaks to become a, a global disaster, you know what I'm saying, because right. the ocean's running currents. So whatever's taking place in the Pacific in due time is going to get to the Atlantic. And also, right. you know, all of that is, you know, all of the water goes through the condensation cycles, so it becomes the air, it becomes a cloud, it becomes a rain. You know, all of this is going to affect the food supply. So we're speaking about that, and we're also speaking about, you know, a lot of things uh, in respects to preparation for possible biological warfare attacks and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? What if a dirty bomb went, over, went off over here? You know, just things that... We are not readily speaking about, but the country still engaged in a political dialogue about what the president's willing to do, you know, X amount of miles somewhere else for that country's disaster. But what about right here? And this is the eve of 9-11, you know what I'm saying, might we add. You feel me? And everybody, for a whole 12 years, they went telling you that people were coming with dirty bombs and this was about to happen and that was about to happen but they never took enough time to tell you how to, you know, properly respond to a catastrophe such as that. You feel me? How do you test the air? How do you, you know, get clean water? You know what I'm saying? What is no longer permissible to do in an event like that? So all of these things that we want to know in order to uh, propel our species forward, Right. that's what we discussed on this particular program. Yes. Uh, now I just wanna uh, I wanna start off right. I wanna say something because one of the the last brother you had on right, he was like, "Well, should I leave here?" I, I, like he's asking asking, "Should I leave?" I'm not, you know, what I mean, he has his family there. That's where he's he's lived. You know what I mean? It's not he's right. packing up all your things. You know what I mean? But what we gotta understand is right. Why did they build all the nuclear power plants on the fault lines? This is mm. what we have to understand, right? All the nuclear power plants are built on the fault lines, correct? Well, not every one of them is, but, you know, they, they're built near a lot of them, sure. 
Yes, more more than more than two is enough. Yeah, more, <laughs> yeah, than, more than yeah, one is enough to tell you the truth. Right now, now this is this is where this is coming from. This is this is going to happen. All right, this, America's going to be dealt with because this is prophecy. She, I, I mean, I'm not going to get it into. I'm not into religion. You understand what I'm saying? But I do follow the Bible. All right, I'm going to explain right. something because all our brothers and sisters, you understand what I'm saying? They don't understand why we're in. We're, we're short. Where how do how do we get in this position? All right. So I'm going to start off at Deuteronomy 28 and 68. And the Lord shall bring into Egypt again with ships by the way of, I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more. And there, there ye shall be, shall be sold into bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Okay, now we got to look at the bondman and bondwoman. That means slave man and slave woman. All right? Now, the word Egypt means bondage. Now, we, we went against the Most High in, the, in Egypt, which means bondage, when we was in bondage. He got us out. Now, when Moses was on the mountain and God asked him, I mean, uh, Moses asked him, what am I going to go down there and tell these people what your name is? They're going to ask. And he says, you tell them I am that I am sent you, which is in Genesis, in, in, uh, in the first chapter. Uh -huh. You tell them, I, I believe it's the first chapter, uh, I am that I am sent you. Now, the our brothers went back to the to, to, to Hebrew, which is our language, all right? The Hebrew is the original okay. language. We'll say that, okay? Right? Correct? We'll, we'll say, say that. that. Okay. We'll language, okay? Now, Hebrew, I am that I am, we, 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 we uh, translated it. It comes out to Ahaya, Ashah, Ahaya, okay? Now, when we went into the Tetrit, we went into the, uh, the, the Jewish uh, Tanakh, I think, it, I believe it was, they have... In Ahaya, Ashah, Ahaya, but they changed the, 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 the letters and they put vowels in there. They put E's instead of A's. You understand what I'm saying? So I just wanted to uh, elaborate on that because that's why we're in the position we are now. Now, um, now what I want to say is the whole thing with Syria and why the Syria thing, everybody's worried, is because Syria had, had, had took in captivity the Israelites' And, and, and they were in the in the, Assyri the Assyrian Empire. They were called at one time was was vicious. They were vicious under under. Uh, they had many kings. They had uh, the the, the uh, excuse me uh, the the Babylonian Babylonian Empire was Babylonian, conquered by the Assyrians. Right. Yeah, by, by the Assyrians. Then the Assyrians mm -hmm. got got conquered by the Persians. All right. Now, if you see in chronological order, right, uh, uh, Babylon got taken out first. Iraq. Right. Yes. Okay. Now we'll go into 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 the, who's next? The Assyrians, which is Syria, Damascus. Now I'm going to read this to you real fast, and and I think that's I, that's enough with the Bible for now, because uh, I know people uh, uh, sometimes they're tough on the religion thing or the or the Bible thing. So I'm going to read this right. real fast. I, Isaiah 17, 17 and one. Okay. Yeah. The burden uh -huh. of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away. From being a city, and it shall, and it shall be a ruinous heap. The cities of Arur are foretaken; they shall be for flocks, which shall uh, lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Okay. Now this is saying yes. that the masses is going to get destroyed. It's never got destroyed, really. It's never got destroyed. So, so we're living in a time where Isaiah is being destroyed now. 
Yeah. It's going to get destroyed. Now, for, now we got to look at this because I, I, I'm not too much into the Alex Jones, but I, he, he made a point when he found out that there was missing nukes on, uh, on an Air Force base called Dias Air Force Base in, uh, in, I believe it was Texas. Now, he got a call from people over there that says, there's nukes getting, tra- getting transported on, on trucks. We didn't even know they were here. Right. They're not even supposed to be here. So yeah, they're sending the them across country. Right, right. So the, 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 uh-huh. the, uh, so they're sending them to South Carolina. The truck driver told the police officer that asked because he was afraid. Yeah. So Lindsey Graham, after Alex Jones reported it, Lindsey Graham, the senator of South Carolina, came out and said, if we don't go to war with Syria, South Carolina, Charleston Harbor is going to be nuked. Okay? Now, this is where I found, I, I know this might be true, because you know the book, Hold the Pale, Pale White Horse by William Cooper? Yes. Behold the Pale White Horse, William Cooper, uh, he, he got that, that scripture, Behold the Pale White Horse, from, from uh, Revelations. All right? Right. He got, got it from Revelations. Behold the Pale White Horse, because the rider is death. And we know the, the rider is death is Christ when he comes down, because he's going to deal with, 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 the, with the evil on this earth, especially the Rome, because the right. Roman Empire, the, the, the daughter first, of Apple. Right. Right. So, so, uh, uh, so uh, there's a lot. I'm coming into the truth, man, so bear with me. I got a lot going on. I'm doing this all by myself, brother. You know what I mean? I feel but, you, uh, brother. We're here we for gotta, you, man. We got we to gotta get out of this, 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 this place we're in because this is the whore of Babylon. And the reason why the Most High called it the whore of Babylon is because she slept with everybody. She slept with the Chinese. She slept with the, white, the Edomites, the white people. She slept with the, the blacks. She slept with everybody. When 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 the Most High when when Noah came off the ship, it was him and his three sons, and they populated the earth. And when and when and when Ham, Shem, and Japheth was around, they went to their respected areas. The Asians are the Japheths, with the Japanese or whatever you may call. They they're in, they're in their respected locations. Okay, we went to our respected locations, which was Israel, the black man. The, the Hamites went to Ethiopia. Okay, which we know Ethiopia was like half of Africa at one time. Okay. Now, now we we have to find out who we are as a people, all right? Now, now what, what happened was we came out of we came out of Shem. We didn't come out of hand, okay? And if you got okay. anybody that wants to that wants to try to nah. put me wrong on that, my my email. I'm gonna put my email address out there. It's a a. Yeah, because that 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 conversation is gonna spawn into a whole bunch of other things. I could yeah, we prove do it. have other I, I, on the phone. I could prove it. No, no, I I'm, prove I, I'm not. I'm not casting any doubt right. on that. Right. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I'll get a lot know, of. Re- that, that's another topic on another show. But yeah, right. do le- leave your email. You know, because I'm sure that somebody might want to holler at you. You know, what I'm saying to get some further information A-A- on that. So please. All right, brother. Thank you. A A B I G U P S at Gmail dot com. And I just wanted to say that uh, the brother also, when I just got off, he said that uh, did he say he was, um, if I'm not mistaken, did he say that he was into into the he was doing the the, the Christ thing or something? He, just, he said he was doing the church thing. Did he say that? Uh, and then he got so away I from just, it. I just mentioned I just mentioned this as, as a defense mechanism. That no, um, no, not not you, brother, not you, brother. The brother that got off the phone to call him. Oh, the brother oh, from oh, Kentucky. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think he said he fell back into some things. I don't remember if he said the church or not. But uh, See, we got to we got to get out. Excuse me, but we got to get out of this. 
uh, we got to get out of this this uh, this door, this whore of Babylon because all these nukes that are that are around us they're here for a reason. All right. Now the reason why this is happening is because the Most High is mad at us, the, the black man. Okay, we can call ourselves Israelite, whatever Hebrew. He's mad at us because what happened when I read the Deuteronomy twenty-eight and sixty-eight, and he says until until this day. This day, right here, Isaiah seen it. Isaiah was a prophet. Okay, we know that all these books. We know Catholicism came from the Bible, came from the Hebrews. We know Muhammad in six six hundred A.D. Uh, he was a camel driver. He he uh he 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 interrogated the Hebrews on their religion. That's how he came back and and uh and and, and uh brought all his knowings. He 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 didn't know how to read or write. He was illiterate. How did he get all his information? He went to each. He went to the Christians. At, uh, he 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 interrogated them, but he interrogated the Hebrews right. more because he knew the Hebrews was the link to, to the Most High. Now we so know brother, that, that. What I'm saying you know, is that, and I don't want to cut your wisdom. Like I said, this would be wonderful in its own program. We need to do a show on theology at some point, anyway. But what I'm saying is that, are you saying that the solution to what we're discussing in regards to the peril that's at hand is that we have a mass migration from the continent of the Americas. Yes, exactly. Because cause where, where are we going to go? There's nuclear bombs all around us. Where are we going to go? So where this are we going to go? This exa- Exactly. We have to go somewhere where there, there's, there's hardly any. And we, we got to find where that place is. You understand what I'm saying? We got to get away from these these things. And if we stay here, people are partying like it's 1999. If you remember, brothers, right? In 1999. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Before 2000. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. Before 2000, they, everybody was partying like like they was worried. They saw they was partying. So nothing happened. Then to 2012, nothing happened. So now people are just going to be like, ah, oh, nothing happened in 2012, so whatever. You know what I'm saying? So listen, man. <laughs> Satan ain't stupid. He know he he knows all of God's plans, but the only plan he don't know is when Christ is gonna come back. That's why he's 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 watching out for us brothers and sisters and listening to find out when is he gonna come back. But we don't even know because we know he's gonna come like a thief in the night. Okay, brother, I just wanna leave leave y'all with that. And uh again my name is uh Nilton. I'm calling out of Rhode Island. Uh well shout out to Rhode Island. You know what I'm saying? And I know they uh you definitely got some reactors around you. You know what I'm saying? But they're saying? definitely, so, brother. They're, they're following philosophies, hypotheses, uh, science, and all that. We need to go back and find out the plan in the Bible like Noah did. Noah was Noah took heed to God's commandments before the flood, and he was the only one. And thank God right. he did, and he was a black man. Now, now, somebody asked me, did the flood happen or didn't it? Okay? So um, I left my email, brother. I appreciate you guys have a strong show, man. Um, the, the other brother there, I want him to speak, too. I'm sorry. I just have to get this out because he was speaking some powerful things, man. He said he was at he was at the Superdome. Is that correct, yeah, brother? Yeah, that's, that's that Atonic, was right. Yeah. Hmm? That's going to come. That was just a test. Yeah, that's a test. That's going to come bigger into all of our cities. That's going to come. That's going to come full force. I believe that. 
That's going to come full. And you know what? People that are, that are, that are listening to all this hip-hop and everything, yeah, I'm still listening to my Jay-Z. You know what? Jay-Z's name's Jehovah. We know that Jehovah goes back to Babylon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the Magi's, the Jewish Magi's, the, the fake Jews up there in, in, in Jerusalem right now, in Israel, they, they, they snuck the vowels in there, the tetragrammaton. They snuck vowels in there and took letters out. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. This is what they're teaching us in elementary school from the age of six years old. Why six years old? We got to figure this all out, brothers. You know what I mean? But thank you very much, brothers. Thank you for having yeah. me on. You guys have a strong show. Y'all stay safe, man. Thank you, brother. Peace. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Passionate. Yes, indeed. Passionate. Brother Red. Hello? Yeah, Brother Red Pill. Are you there, Brother Red? I'm not logged into the, uh, I'm not logged into the back, to the internet. I got to wait for this brother to reappear. You locked up logging out? Huh? Hello? Locked out? Yeah, Ray, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Let's go to the next caller. I was about to say he was probably changing the diaper. Huh? Yeah, let's go to the next caller. Let's go to Cosmos. Pulling from the five one six eight eight one. Peace. Yes. Peace. 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 Peace, brother. All Rock, right. cool. You there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here, Lord. Peace, Lord. Peace, Mister Science, man. What's good with you, brother? How are you? Um, I'm fine, Lord. I just, you know, was able to call in, so I missed everything, man. But um, I pressed one because I heard the brother talking about the flood. He said, did it happen or not? You know, I can point to it, that and we can date it back to the age of cancer, like 9,560 B.C. But to say that Noah... To say that Noah from the Bible is the first Noah or is the identifiable historic Noah, you know, is a matter of opinion because there's no date given to it in the Bible. But you find him as the as the God knew in ancient Egypt who who saved his family and his and his livestock from the Nile flood that flooded for hmm. forty days. That flooded for forty days. Might have been even 44 days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but they, they flooded for 40 days, and it uh, took 130 days to subside, and it, and it spread for 90 cubits on both sides, which is like 270 feet or yards or whatever. I don't know the math precision on what a cubit is. But it describes what happens on the banks of the Nile River and has happened since time immemorial you know, at that place. And the same with the other characters in the Bible, Moses, Jesus, the Koresh, I mean Christ, yeah, Koresh, I mean, you know, Eusa in, in Egyptian is Eusos in Greek, or Isa in Arabic, or Yeshua in Hebrew, or Jesus in Roman, which is Jesus in English. So 
Moses come from Mashu. So when I heard him say that, he just sparked me to think about that. And in terms of his histor- historic significance or how actually historical it is, I would say that we can measure uh, the ages and, and look at the cultures that have come to it to this day from those ages and see what the culture was like, like in the age of Taurus, when the bull was revered universally, you got the Maasai and the Hindus, you know, and they're remnants of that, you know. But if you look at ancient Egypt, you see Amun, the god with the lamb, with the ram. This is the coming of Aries and the whole motion of the sacrifice going from the bull, from the worship of the bull to the sacrifice of the lamb, putting the blood of the lamb over the dog. All of this is astrologic. So right. when, I, when I, yeah, so when I think about that, I'm, you know, I he, it is by astrologers that we can determine when there was floods. We have evidence of there being left on water, great bodies of water, where there are now land masses. Yeah. yeah. I so, mean, and, yeah. and, and in, in the very person. near future, like I mentioned to him, I, I do want to do a show on world religion, on theology. I know that you've touched on it a few times on your program as well. Plus, shout out to Cosmophysics Radio. I saw that you had uh, the brother back. You know, Lord Strayhorn. Yeah. I'm saying, and I hope you're going to put that cosmological, numerological program out as a box set, all three of them episodes. Did you hear the brother Julian um, Nettles Bay on the show? Yeah. Yeah, he came from a totally different perspective, bro. And, um, you know, he's a Dogon Master. His father taught him the Dogon Master. He has a program called The Creation. Yeah. Called the Creation right. and uh, Conservation of Wealth Institute. Right. So, you know, we're going to put something together in the very near future, but we definitely want you to check the archive out for tonight's episode. Brother Aton brought, brought forth some very, very vital information. You know, oh, man, you know something? Man, I got a collection of this show, man. Pardon me. You know, I got a whole point. Every, every episode I downloaded, Lord. And if I miss it, I definitely get it. <laughs> Indeed. If I miss it, I definitely get it. All right. Indeed. Well, you know, I mean, I'm actually in transit right now, Lord, in the um in Northeast Washington D.C. And I'm okay. arriving to yeah, I'm arriving to my residence. So I would like to go back into listening mode until I'm able to vacate the, the vehicle that I'm in and all that. No I doubt, got back. Brother. Okay, because I'm, I'm traveling. All right. Yeah, peace, Appreciate Lord. you, bro. Peace, and I'm going to reach out soon. All right. Peace. Now this. Dave. Red. Red, are you with us? Video. Okay. While the brother gets it together, uh, we have ten minutes remaining to the live broadcast. Family, okay. Three four seven six three seven two one three five. Three four seven six three seven two one three five is the call-in number. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, okay, for tonight's guest, brother Aton Edwards, please do call us. We have a few minutes remaining. 
Okay. Yes. Three four seven Hello. six three seven. Yes. Okay. Okay, right. Are there any other um, callers in the call queue that we need to get to tonight? Red Pill, I can't hear you. I'll mute your phone. Red, are you there? All right. Yes, you lost him. Yeah. Well, if we did, he has to call back in because he's uh, hosting the show from his phone. Oh. He has to be on the line. Yeah. You know. Yes, but as always, as I I was beginning to do, um, we want to thank you for your your hard work and your dedication. Like I said, I've not only have I witnessed it firsthand, but I've also been the recipient of several preparation courses offered by you and King Simon. So, you know, I, I do know that this is things that we can benefit from directly and the information that one person can harness is not only vital for that one person, but they can utilize that to save, you know, their family's life in, in, in the event of, you know what I'm saying, a disaster or something else that they can now galvanize their community and, and be the knower of their community, you know what I'm saying, in the event that something goes down and they have that level of training and preparation and the ability to be calm in a situation like that, which is so vital, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That ability to be firm, that you have the knowledge in order to deal with these things allow you to be calm and it calms other people down, you know what I'm saying, right. especially the women and the children. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. vital, you know, it's vital during times of emergency because that can disrupt an entire operation. So that firmness you know, that assuredness comes from preparation. It comes from, you know, actually being in the know. Right. The more you know, the better off you are. I mean, right. I mean, to some degree, you know, it comes with a price. You know, knowledge comes with a price. Reminds me of that line in the movie Matrix where, you know, the guy wanted to go back into the system and the scene opened with the harp and he says, ignorance is bliss. You know, to a large degree, that's true. A lot of cases you can... Live your life like nothing is ever going to happen and hope that oh, it doesn't. Yeah. But if it does and you're not ready, then you're going to go through an ordeal that, you know, you might wish you never had. I had a, I had a Green Beret. When I was a little kid, I went to um, Fort Hood to stay with um, a relative for a long stretch. And uh, my uncle was a special forces guy from Vietnam. And he had had a, another guy who was another, it was a Green Beret, and they, was, they were having like a, a dinner or something. And I remember him saying to me, he says, you know what? He says that he was talking about how, you know, preparing for something was about the most important thing that you could do. And he had been in situations where it was so bad that if it took you 10 years to prepare for the situation, 
and it only lasted for 10 minutes, he said that if you ever got to a really bad situation, you'd be happy that you took 10 years to avoid that 10 minutes. And uh, I, right. I never forgot that. I never forgot that. And because um, the level of human suffering, anybody who understands human suffering knows the reality of the importance of knowledge and the importance of, you know, having a plan and having, you know, taking preparedness measures and doing the things that you need to do to avoid being caught up in a, in a disaster. So, you know, any bit of information that, you know, can impart amongst the people, it's important to do right. it. Also, um, you know, something that's on the calendar that a lot of people are not discussing is the impending uh, shift of the poles on, on the sun, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let alone, you know, the uh, solar flares and the things of that nature they're supposed to be impacting the planet sometime this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, people people have made note that this is not the first time that it's happened, that it happens in cycles, and granted, that is the truth, but this would be the first time that so many things were so codependent on such a fragile communication system. You mm-hmm. know, it's the very first time that, you know, the world is connected by a uh, a, a Wi-Fi grid you know, that could easily be compromised, you know, when, when these poles mm-hmm. flip, which they don't have an accurate date on. They just know that it's now within that, that time zone. It can happen any other day. Mm-hmm. So do you have any information uh, pertaining to that? You know, what would the world without Facebook be like? <laughs> well, if we had another uh, the world, it wouldn't be very much of anything. What we're talking about here is that, uh, you know, uh, an X-class flare um, that would, you know, if it were equivalent to an event that happened in 1859, it was called the Carrington event. It was named after the astronomer named Richard Carrington, who um, essentially witnessed a huge solar flare that um, that actually set fires in the United States because the telegraph machines was the only electronic devices at the time that were hooked up, um, caught fire from the, the surge of uh, current and set right. several buildings across the country on fire. And, um, and in Jamaica, they had an Aurora Borealis effect that was so powerful that a lot of people at the island thought that it was the the day didn't end when it was in the night. Oh, it was like it was afternoon. So if we had another event like that, it's because we're at the solar max period right before the, uh, the pole shift. So it always shifts at the end of the solar max period. If we had a major event like that, now we'd lose a little bit more than we we'd lose about seven eighths of all the uh communication satellites and we'd lose a significant portion of the communications networks here down on the uh the wire grid. So what we'd have it would be the equivalent of having about fifty Katrinas. We'd have about hundred and thirty to one hundred and fifty million people out of power for up to six months to two years, depending on where you live. Um, right. We'd lose 300 power transformers across the country, and you can't fix a transformer. You have to replace it. So and they come from China. Right. Yeah, well, they'd have, you'd have to bring them in. You'd have to actually replace the transformers, the large transformers that cities use. And, you know, you'd lose 
when you lose like 300 of them, that people are just not going to have power. Um, the communications networks would fail, and uh, you know the net, the the internet would still work. Because there's all kinds of ways to work the internet, but it would work in pockets. And, uh, you know, it would be like having, like, you know, 50 or 100 Katrinas and except extended for a long period of time. You know, because our delivery system is right on time delivery. When food gets sent to a supermarket, it's all computerized. You run out of something on a shelf, the last item is scanned, sends a signal to the company to send more stuff. All that stuff would be ended. So what are we talking about? We're talking about chaos. We're talking about food wouldn't be able to distribute it properly. properly. You're talking about... The uh, the grid would be just you know disrupted. Transportation networks would be disrupted. Medical records and exchange of information would be disrupted. Law enforcement would be disrupted. The military would be disrupted. All these different things that we depend upon on a daily basis: water dis- distribution, water purification. All of this would be disrupted. So we'd have a catastrophe beyond anything we've ever seen before, and it could all happen tomorrow. And then on top of that, the poles shift. And the poles shifting along with something else, I mean, it would just be, it would be really, uh, you know, if you're not an aboriginal living in, in the in the outback, because an aboriginal in the outback, it'll just be another day. Another right. day in the outback. But if you're in certain parts of Africa, it's another day. 